I don't know where Mary is these days, or even if she's alive, but I, I never called her insane publicly before. And I, and I, it's either that, or it was the way that the, uh, the song previous was sang. I'm not sure who's... I don't know. Let's play something else. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossip. Fucking camera in the truck. Welcome to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience. Randy Sobel here, and uh, vacant from the episode today is our co-host, Matt Helbig. Um, He had to go and fix a pool at 8.30 at night. Yes, this is a true story. Matt had to go and fix a pool at 8.30 at night. So, uh, good luck to him on that. Hopefully, he will be back next week. Uh, But fear not, because we had a very special guest uh, planned and placed anyway. Um... Last Exit. They are a tribute band to Pearl Jam. Uh, they are from the Long Island area. They play New York and the tri-state area all the time. Uh, they this, this Friday, when this episode comes out, this is the 24th, they're going to be playing tonight, if you're listening to it on Friday. They're going to be playing tonight in Amityville at the Warehouse, 1030. I'm going to be there. Matt's not going to be there because, again, another thing that Matt canceled this week. But that's okay because Matt's a very busy person. He said he had to learn three hours of disco music for for a wedding. So uh, totally understand. If you can't make it, you can't make it. But I will be there. Hopefully uh, our good friend Chris Buckley will be there. And uh, this man will be there as well because without him, there probably is no last exit. Uh, Construction worker by day. Eddie Vedder by night, I introduce you to Pete Griesbach. Hi. How's it, how's it going? How you doing, brother, man? Thank you so much I, for having me, man. That's great. I didn't pronounce that right, did I? Uh, Griesbach. 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 <laughs> I, I knew it. I I asked you last night, and <laughs> quite I right. knew I was going to say it wrong, but you know what? I It's not the first time I've been No, no, boy, boy, it, you should have heard the versions of that name over the years. It's all good, brother. It's all good. <laughs> so uh, how's it going? Uh, getting ready for this show uh, this come? Well, we're recording this on Tuesday, but Friday being, you know, at the present time when this episode airs. Yes, yes. I am extremely excited. The band is stoked. Um, we came off our, our winter break, if you will, and it's now spring, and uh we haven't played since our last two shows in Philly. We took a nice little break. We've been in rehearsals for about a month now, and uh, it's just we're just itching to get back to it. And this room is uh, probably one of the hottest new rooms on Long Island. Um, the warehouse is just it's just jumping every single night, and um, we're still totally stoked to be there. Um, 
it's gonna be a great night a really 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 fucking cool night um there's a a band called uh, Badlands before us to their Bruce Springsteen tribute, and uh, so if there's a you know the Bruce crowd there too, which kind of goes on with Pearl Jam, it's it's looking to be a big night, and I think we're supposed to take the stage at ten thirty is the plan. So it's gonna be good, man. And you guys are gonna play, you know, play until Ledbetter essentially, right? Oh yeah, there's no stopping. Once we start, we're just gonna go, and uh, yeah, I think it's two and a half. You know, probably a solid two and a half strong, or maybe more of music uh, to the place. To the place closes pretty much. It's gonna be good. Gonna be Doing good. the band justice. That's what I like to hear. Well, it's for for the uh, the authentic, authenticity factor, right? We want to, of course. Uh, you know, we got to do it long. So, but yeah, we're looking forward to it, man. Um, a couple questions about the band, uh, just stuff that I don't know and stuff I'm sure that people out there that are listening right now, uh, probably are interested in knowing. So, um, obviously you're a big Pearl Jam fan, but you said you're a big Grateful Dead fan. I know you're a big Beatles fan. Um, why and how did this all come about? Like whose idea was it to put together a Pearl Jam tribute band and, and, and was it decided like, oh, we want to do a tribute band to somebody or was Pearl Jam it the whole entire time? It was um, actually Kurt, uh, who plays rhythm guitar, he plays the part of Stone, uh, and Tim Flanagan, who plays the part of Jeff Hammond first. Um, we, we were in an original band uh, back in 95, which started. We were together for like 13 or 14 years. We were called Stone Groove, and um, we were together f- for a long time. So Kurt, Tim, and I have been playing together for like 24 years, 25 years. And, um, yeah, it was, and it was good. It was a nice, nice little band. And um, one of the, our last shows that we ever played, it was like at a small opening set. We hadn't we hadn't rehearsed. I'm like, you know what, let's just throw a song in there to close. And we, I think we did, I want to say it was either Portrait Not For You, I can't remember, but it was a Pearl Jam song. And it just went over really, really well with the crowd. And um, a bunch of people came up like, dude, you know, you, you guys sound like, you sound like that guy, you should do this. And we kind of kicked it around. And um, we were like, well, let's learn a few songs. And if we learn a few songs... And we think it sounds good and can do it justice. Then we'll, we'll get a guitar player, and uh, and that's kind of what we did. And uh, so the drummer from that band was one of our founding. He was our founding drummer. Uh, his name was Matt Exline. Good guy, great guy. And um, and that was it. The band started like that. And I was uh, next year is our fifteenth year. So uh, wow, yeah, yeah. Next year is the fifteenth year of Last Exit. Believe it or not, that's so crazy. And and you're gonna make a lot of people feel old right now because like <laughs> fifteen years ago, the band was still considered, you know kind of young you know they were coming out with riot act and yeah and sometimes tribute bands it's it's like i'm trying to think because i'm a generation after you i'm i'm you know a millennial so to speak sure i'm an older millennial but i'm a millennial uh and i'm trying to think of like a band that was really started to get popular in my generation that if they had a tribute band now i'd be like oh god i i feel old um you know maybe not green day maybe green day is a little ahead of that um they're still from the 90s though man they're still yeah you know but like what 2000s band would have a tribute there's Uh, there's there's not there's not one i we've we've had a discussion no there's not dude the foo fighters from the 90s there's right there's (laughs) i mean uh, i don't know corn (laughs) yeah even corn no corn's from the 90s yeah Yeah, dude it's not them either rage is nobody i'm telling you we're we're in a drought dude it's been 19 years and we haven't had we haven't had a band unless there's like some kings of leon tribute band somewhere oh no well you know kings of leon's first two albums they're fantastic yeah they're good they're good i'm I'm just kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding uh (laughs) 
but no, I would not want to go see a King's Lily on Troop. No, band. no, I don't know. Thank I don't know. They're good. They're good. Velvet Revolver, that was a badass band. I love those. Films. There you go. All right. I'll take that. But also, if you kind of do like a Stone Temple Pilots or a Guns N' Roses, yeah. kind of add that. I, uh, We're grasping uh, at straws, man. That's how bad it is. We're grasping that, at straws, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about, I don't know. I'm not really a huge fan of them anymore, but the Black Keys. I, um, you know what? That could be coming in the next five, ten years that somebody can do that? They're, they're, they're tremendous. I actually saw them with, with Kurt and Tim, I believe, was there too. We saw them at Maxwell's in, Ho, uh, in Hoboken. Um, it was, there was like 60 people there. It's the tiniest place in the world. There were two guys in a van selling their CDs. And then wow. it's like, I think five years later, I saw them you know, opening up for Pearl Jam at the Garden. It was just wild. Was, they're so good. That was actually yesterday, uh, uh, the day that we're recording this. Uh, that was the nine-year anniversary of that. There you go. That's right. So there you go. Yeah. So good stuff, man. That's really good. Those were two fantastic shows that weekend. I was um, I was there. Yeah. Uh, so out of all the names to choose, like you know, I think they're you know I'm going to name drop a bunch of different ones that I know there. Uh, there's a band called Distant out there. They're local to Connecticut. Uh, there's a band I've seen called Unleash the Lion. Uh, I believe that there's a band called No Code. Um, and then there's a couple that are, you know, there's there's one called Pearl Jam. I think that has two M's. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, like, That's you know, it, it's, like yeah. Um, but Last Exit, uh, how did you decide on Last Exit? And were there any other choices uh to to go from yeah we it was definitely a it was a band meeting thing you know it was one of the ones <laughs> where, you know we sat around the room and like everyone started saying names and 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 you're right yeah we we know the guys from no code those are great guys um no tony wells sweetheart great great guy and um all those guys and uh they were around so no code was out you know and uh even flow was from chicago they're defunct now and then there was uh there was a band called versus and we knew everyone knew about 10 so we like were aware who existed before us so you had to stay away from those and um you know, and then you know, I think I think the best idea that somebody said that we didn't go with was Pearl Scam. Okay. <laughs> and I, I mean, like that. yeah, I actually really like it too. But there's, I guess, there's such a negative com- connotation to the word scam that we couldn't really go with it. You know, <laughs> uh, but that, but I, that's why I'm a bit envious of those guys who just threw the other M on. That's fucking genius. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, but that, yeah, um, yeah. No, so another- it, was, it was just democratic. I think I think Rearview Mirror was kicked around. Um, but then we, I don't know, Last Texas just had a ring to it. It just felt right, and we went with it. It kind of wasn't. Mirror would have sounded really bad after they came out with the, the Greatest Hits album. You yeah, been it, like, oh, yeah well. I think you're right. That's a good point. I never thought of that. Um, I, did, I don't know, Last Exit just, it had like a, it had a ring to it that we were down with, and it, it kind of rolled off the tongue a little bit. And even though it wasn't such a, it's not their biggest song by any stretch of the imagination, um, I think it sounds cool as a band name, and it worked, you know? It it is absolutely a cool band name, and I think it separates you guys from the pack as well. Um, little known fact, I've told this on the show before, but um, Matt and I and our friend Casey, we actually did like, th- we did about three or four songs uh, for like a Halloween showcase at, uh, when I was in college, and we dubbed ourselves Hail Hail. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. That's so, a- yeah. Nice. So if we ever decided to do it again, uh, we have we have that name dedicated for us and nobody else could use Hail Hail. Fair enough. I'll, I'll make sure everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it out there for all yeah. the tribute bands in the world. I'll tell them at um, our next meeting. So <laughs> Exactly. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Setlist. We're obsessed with them. You know that. Yeah. And there's no doubt about it. You have to go out there and play 
crowd pleasers and you have about almost three hours to fill this Friday. So how tough has it been to come up with something eclectic that everybody's going to enjoy? Um, it's, it's, well, it's not difficult because their catalog is so deep. And um, I mean, the biggest thing you that I you know have a problem with when I'm writing my sets is that I, although I know I have to quote unquote play the hits, we're, like we are a tribute band, you know, we're not Pearl Jam. And aside from the very, you know, many, many Pearl Jam fans who come see you, there's also these just, you know, quote unquote casual fans. And, and you know, you, you, you got to play to the crowd a little bit. But at the same time, I'm a big Pearl Jam fan and I don't want to just be playing, you know, all those the hits all the time. I like to play B-sides and not just me, the whole band. You know, we want to play different stuff. We play long shows. So just by having to fill that time, you have to go outside the hit box you know what i mean you have to go to deeper cuts and whatnot so um we've been playing together for so long now we have such a catalog and it's i kind of just go by the room um what time of day we're starting like if we're starting early i can kind of get away with easing into it if we're going on like a 10 30 like we're going on friday night i kind of got to come out swinging you know what i mean you don't you really can't warm up because those people have been out for a couple hours and they're lubed up man and you got you gotta you gotta deliver and and, and you and they'll give it back to you you just kick ass and i'm telling you it's just it's been great man honestly it's it's really it's been a nice um the last couple of years uh have been really really good you know so what would what would you say like your type of crowd is, is do you think they're more of the fans that uh go to pearl jam shows constantly or are they more like okay i i um i i just like hearing live music and i kind of you know i know I know a lot of the hit songs. Like, do you think your crowd would be thrown off if you guys opened with like release or oceans or is that pretty, everybody's pretty understanding that that's what Pearl Jam actually does. Oh no, that's, I should have, you know, if I, maybe I didn't make myself clear on that. I, we do, when I do write the sets, I, we actually open with those songs, those two particular songs, um, fairly often actually, because we try to also emulate a Pearl Jam style show. Like what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, when I say I have to play the hits, they're in the set. Not to like, a, here's a hit parade. I actually will tailor my sets, I think, very similar to like what Pearl Jam does. You know, um, there are certain shows, especially lately, the last couple of tours, where it seems like they kind of, you know, you're hearing low light, you know, a second. Yeah. And it's kind of warming up. He's getting warm and then he, he starts going and it's and it's great. I love it. And, uh, you know, sometimes we do that. And sometimes, like I said, you got to come out swinging. But, um, yeah, we, we're very comfortable opening with an Oceans or a Release or... Uh, I mean, elderly. There's so many options. You can go so many ways, and uh, of course, you know we've opened with like I think when we just played the Gramercy, um, that was we opened with Go, and that was like just it was great. You know, it's now if you want to come out swinging, that's what you yeah, want. and that's exactly what we wanted to do, and it was like the perfect choice for the perfect moment. We stood in that stage, and the crowd was freaking nuts that night. It was awesome, and we ripped into the opening notes of Go, dude. It was insane. It was insane. It was so cool, and. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of based on the room and what have you, but uh, we're very comfortable doing any of that, yeah, of course. Last uh, last uh, question about the band, then we'll get into the show. Philadelphia 2005, yeah, we're covering today. Absolutely. Um, one or two songs that you guys haven't tackled yet that maybe you guys have considered or uh, maybe you've wanted to do and nobody else wanted to do, but like a deep cut, a lost dog. Is there something that you're just like, man, I wish we could do this, but it doesn't make sense. Cause we might lose, really lose a crowd, like a binaural song, an avocado song, something along those lines. Um, there's definitely songs we have brought up that haven't gotten done for like for certain. Um, some of it, uh, a little limited by 
if we don't have like we don't have a boom you know what i mean we it's just right uh, there are certain songs that like i do like love bow capped and i think we really do need the keys i think it just comes across so much better with the keys sure i don't want i don't want to not i don't want to play it without it you know so that's it's little, booms one writing credit yeah yeah i love it and i and i do love the song so that's a song that's kind of been like you know I wish we could do more. Um, we never, we would never make a song decision based on the crowd. Honestly, like it, it would never be that. It would be like, hey, you guys want to do this? You want to do this? And we learn it. Um, I guess we've we've done Crown of Thorns a couple times, but like we don't play it heavy rotation. So every time we do it, it's almost like we're learning it again. Um, mm. You know what I want to play? All those yesterdays. That's one we've never. Oh played. my god! That's a song I want to play, and I want to. That would be awesome. Yeah, and you know what? Hold on, <laughs> you got me thinking, brother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are. And uh, and another good one. And no way, you are has that just awesome like that guitar and uh, I, I you know if Danny can replicate. Well, it's got that. the drum machine in uh, that too. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. I think that's really cool. Pendulum's another one, but I like they got that sample kind of thing going on in that in that intro. I, I think Mike is playing with a with a bow. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of different things that that's yeah. going on. Yeah, but yeah, so if I, that's it. I would say there's some songs like that. But as far as picking songs. It's it's if the band is into it, we give it a run and um, and we'll play it. We'll perform it, and if it goes over well, it's it's then excuse me tends to stick, and um, you know we get it in the rotation, you know, and then and then we can swap it out. That's the beauty of it, you know. Or keep Tremor Christ. That's a song we love. We whenever anytime anybody asks us to play it, we can whip it out. Moments notice, we play it. I love playing it, but it just never finds itself into the set like enough, you know. That's that's one that I feel like hardcore fans will be like, you know what? I'm I'm just in the mood for it today. Yes, you know, like, yes. and it, it's not like one that they'll they'll think like, oh, every every night. It's not like a playlist you pussies. No, no, no one. <laughs> no, no. It's usually and the guy who asks for it's usually a huge Pearl Jam fan, and and you, if we can play it, we play it. That's it, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, I. The only sh- only time I've ever seen you guys, I went up to uh, to your guitarist, not Kirk. Uh, Dan- was your Danny? Dan, Danny. Okay, I went up to him and I was like, uh, "So you guys do bring a J?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll make it happen." So uh, that's right. That, that that's was right. that I was a fun that. moment. I wasn't that. on the set list. No, and, it wasn't. Uh, very happy to hear that. Yeah, so, that was good. Yeah. I remember that. That was fun, actually. It was, was cool because that was yeah, that wasn't on the set. Danny came to me and I was we were like, yeah, let's yeah, let's 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 just do it. And, and it actually was perfect. I saw the video of it. It came out perfect. It was good. That's the kind of band they are. And again, Amityville tonight. If you're listening to this on Saturday, then the next time you can see them is actually Jones Beach, uh, June 29th. Yes, that's true. Actually, before that would be June 8th with the Grungapalooza tour, which is a really cool thing we've become a part of. These great bands from Philadelphia, um, like Allison Chains, Foo Fighters, Don't Tell Pilots, this band Flannel, um, this great, talented guy, David Allen, who organized the whole festival. And we've been traveling state to state, city to city. It's been just a really great experience. And uh, we like sold it out in January, and we're going back on June 8th, so it's a good time. Um, so that's going to be a good one. So that's the next one after the show. I have yet to go to a Grunge Palooza, but you guys are going to be in my backyard at some point. Yes, October. October. I uh, can't announce it yet, but in October, we're going to be in uh, your neighborhood, and I'll tell you when as soon as I can. As soon as I can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if we have to cut it out, we will. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's um. Let's get into uh, to talking about Philly here. This is a show that you went to back in 2005. Yep. Uh, just, you know... Uh, 2005, it was before Avocado and kind of in that in-between that uh, 2004, they were doing really the Rock, uh, the Rock the Vote tour. Yep. And um, 2005 was pretty much, for the most part, just the 
the first time they ever did uh, an all Canada tour. Uh, they went and did all different provinces. They went from you know BC all, all the way over to to Ontario, Quebec, and and did all you know lots of different Canadian shows. I want to say about maybe seventeen to eighteen different Canadian shows, and the only spots that they hit in the U.S. I believe were Pittsburgh opening up for the Stones, yeah, uh, yeah. two nights yeah. in Atlantic City, and then this, and then a benefit show for Hurricane Relief, which gets mentioned later, uh, which was in Chicago with Robert Plant. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a great show. So how, so how did you, uh, I, from reading people's responses, it seems like this was a really tough show to get tickets to. So how did that all come about? Um, again, at the time, uh, the band, uh, they were, you know, it was like, I was, I, I wasn't married yet. Definitely wasn't married yet. Um, so life was simple. You worked, you know, and I had music. That's what I had in my life. I was a huge, sure. I was a huge fan. And I, I just remember I was like fervent about tickets. Whenever those tickets went on sale, like this was when you still had to use, you could call Ticketmaster and get tickets. Like it was, right. it, and I used to just, I would two phones, two computers, whatever I could. And I just remember getting one ticket. I was like, I don't, I'm just going to get one. And I'm going to go alone. I don't care. I got to get into the show. I, I just, I had just came. I'm like, I'm going. If they're going to play this close, I'm going. I'm not missing it. And so this wasn't a ten club ticket. This was no, Ticketmaster. no. I, this was like a okay. Ticketmaster ticket. I just, I got it. I got lucky, and um, and I ended up with like a really good seat too. Somehow, like in the 100 section, like right near the floor, was great. Wow, and that's yeah, yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. <laughs> it was awesome, and uh, I so I scored a ticket, and I just remembered that wasn't even a problem because somehow I got it right away, and uh, and there, and I went by myself, and it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. And I believe this was an added show after the Atlantic City shows both sold out. I, I think so, because Ed says something like that towards the um, end, that he refers to Atlantic City. And right. And he says, uh, this is actually, I think, what they consider, he said, this is the last night of the tour, you know? And, right, because um, they were about to do the benefit, yeah. Correct. And uh, so I think this was an add-on. Like, I, I'll say this as we get into the show. The band sounds great, man. Like, you know, at this point in my life, I've probably been to 15 to 20 shows, I think, by this point. And, um, how many have you been to, uh, total? Uh, it's in the, it's like in the low fifties. It's something, wow. it's something like that. Um, I really don't, I don't really keep stats or anything. I, I, but it's, it's, it's around there. Um, but, uh, it, this, this show was, I'm telling you, man, they were really good. I, I had been to enough. And like I said, I, I could, I can be critical or I can be objective, I should say. And, uh, there was just something from the get-go about this one. The band was really on. Eddie's in a really good voice. And um, and they were really happy to be there. Uh, and it came across. And the crowd was... <laughs> dude, the crowd was awesome. Like, they was... It, it's loud. You can hear it throughout the, the show. You absolutely you know? can. Yeah, you absolutely can. If, if you... Uh Go to YouTube uh, and just search the show. The full show is on YouTube. Obviously, we're going to play clips of it today. But, um, yeah, this is this is one that you'll definitely want to see crowd reactions for because you can see there's just a wave of people behind them. Uh, you know, yep. sometimes if they play, like, the garden or some something like that, you get a backdrop or something and you can't see the seats behind them. But yep. this is, mm -hmm. like, they're, everybody's on top of them. It's a really yeah. cool look. It was great. It was great. And I had never been to that venue. It was my first time there. And I thought it was a really, really cool venue. Um, it just, and, and I, I liked it a lot. And it was a new room. And uh, everyone, it was just, and it was also, it was weird for October. I'm telling you, it was a day almost like, 
It was like 70 degrees. I feel like it was a beautiful day out. Everyone was in a, it was like a party atmosphere. I'm telling you, man, it was like the whole place. It was this energy building in the parking lot. And, and, and I never been to a show in Philly. I, it was like, a, this was, like I said, a whim I'm going. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I was by myself. I didn't care. I just needed to see the show. And, and man, it was just such an experience. They were, band was so on. It was great. Great. It's actually funny you mentioned that. Cause I, I've been to a Philly show by myself too. Not a good Philly show, but, um, made in America 2012, I believe that was, that's probably my least favorite show I've been to, really? but yeah, it, it's, it was, it was my only festival show. Uh, oh, okay, it was okay. really the only, the only show that they were really doing that year besides like a couple down in, uh, South America maybe. Okay. And I, you know, close enough to Philly again, same kind of situation you were in. I, had music in my life. I was not married. I'm still not married, but I, w- I was single, single. Uh, and I just wanted to go. And, and on top of that, uh, I got to see Run DMC for the first time since Jam Master J died. Oh, wow. uh, so that was that's awesome. That's right there. Yeah, dude, that's unbelievable. That's right there. That's great. I got to see Drake, which was uh, which happened. That's, that's cool. That <laughs> just happened. Yeah. Uh, I have no... I have no real recollection of – I just remember that the crowd vacated after he left stage because <laughs> he went on and then the other main stage had something else and then Pearl Jam went on. Went on. So everybody wants Drake in it. And I remember saying to some people, I'm like, so have you ever heard Pearl Jam before? They're like, no. Like, well, why, oh don't, you, why don't you stay? Why don't you, why don't you give him a try? No. Oh, oh God. Well, they missed Jay Z collaboration. Yeah, these know. kids today, I tell you, these kids today. What are you Ex- gonna do? Exactly. What are you gonna do? <laughs> that's why Twenty One Pilots is is popular. Uh, uh yeah, that, that, maybe that's part of the reason. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that's the tribute band that's coming. That's it. I think you found it. That's the one. Jesus. That's the one. <laughs> Perish the thought, man. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, we're done with that. So, did yeah. you have like a like a specific tailgating story or? Oh, yeah. You know what? Actually, there was one particularly cool one because, like I said, it was a beautiful day. I think I got to the parking lot around 1 or 2 in the afternoon, and um, and I was like, well, you know, I'm going to be the first person there. I, mean, I could not have been more wrong. It might, they, the Eagles may have well been playing. Like It was it was like <laughs> filled with people, and um, they could have been more friendly. I had, a, I had a pickup truck, and I was hanging out, you know, drinking beers, and we had music going in the, in the whole nine. And then the best part was... Now, obviously, after you drink all those beers, you got to get rid of it. Uh, so, uh, so now what we're doing is, uh, I'm you you walk over and all they have in the parking lot is like these two porta sands. And when I tell you, the line is is like a mile, like it's like a mile. Now, <laughs> the the around the Wachovia Center, I think, had just been finished being built, so they still had that construction grading up. And inside the construction site is porta sands, but it's all gated off with orange stuff. So, like, it dawns on me, I work in construction. I go to my truck, I take out my hot hat, a vest, my, put my boots on, and I take out like my work keys, which is like this high school janitor style set of keys, and I just like walk, <laughs> and I just like walk jingling the keys like I'm, <laughs> I have to go somewhere, and, and dude, I swear to you, I just like wormed through the fence. And went into used the port of sand at my leisure, and like a security guard even looked at me, I like, gave him the nod with the hot hat. He's like, "Oh, how you doing, brother? You don't waste me like an enemy." And then, true story. And then I and I went back to my car. Now, the, mind you, I said I got there at two in the afternoon. So between then and the, the time the band goes on, I, I have now made this trip like six, seven times. You know, wow. so I, and the, it, maybe like in the last trip, the guy, the security guard, says, "Goes, yo, hey man, do you do you work here?" <laughs> And uh, 
I said, uh, I'm going to tell you the truth, man. No, I don't. No, I don't. And the guy looks at me and goes, well, you got to tell you something, man. He goes, I'm not even mad. You're a goddamn genius. <laughs> and he shook my hand. He shook my hand and he let me go without, you know, as so much as a warning. And uh, I took the compliment and I went on my way. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, yeah. Much much respect. Uh, if I were a security guard in that situation, I would say the same thing. You know, you're you're basically getting away with murder there. If, if you can sneak it then and have nobody know, then that's it's a beautiful thing. Oh, so, dude, I tell you, it made the whole situation fantastic. It was great. It was and, great. <laughs> uh, way better than waiting in the lines. Cause I, oh, I, oh, forget it. No way. No way. Everybody's had to do it before. Just, oh, yeah. It's horrible. It's horrible. Those poor women. I swear to God, poor women. I don't oh, know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. No. Uh, <laughs> what you need is... Um, uh, have you ever been to like a, a golf event, um, like a PGA event? Oh Lord, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, so, well, PGA event they actually have uh, like, I, I guess it's more of like portable bathrooms instead of porta potties. So it's more like a room that they can take on a tractor trailer, oh, and there's sounds, about like sounds two lovely. Th- yeah, no, and, and there's a sink and there's, uh, I think. A stall and two uh, uh, stand-ups. So, cool. yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's pretty fancy. Yeah, I was gonna say those are uh, magnificent, uh, magnificent facilities. Good for them, man. Exactly. Pro has got to pick up their tailgate game. I uh, that's the thing. I don't think that uh, these ballparks are gonna or arenas are gonna really spend uh, the money for something like that. Uh, but that is the future. I hope it is. I hope it is for all of us, for yes. all of us, particularly the women, particularly the women. I, I absolutely agree. I couldn't. <laughs> I, I couldn't even fathom how no, bad no. that could be. And no, trust no. me, I I sympathize. I sympathize yeah. so much. Um, all right, into the show now. Uh, yeah. We lights go up. Uh, talk about Slater Kinney a little bit. Um, I know they covered Mother by Danzig. They, I, I'll tell you, I did not see Slater this night. I saw them uh, on the tour prior. I did not uh, catch them on this particular night. I got in there, I think, at showtime. Like, when like I got to my seat, lights went on. That's what I remember. Okay. So I didn't actually see Slater Kenny perform before uh, PJ that night. Yeah, I didn't do my extensive research on it that I, that I should have. Uh, but I know, I, I feel like Eddie did something with them on stage. And I want to say it was uh, a cover of uh, Danzig's Mother. Uh, it would have been cool. Uh, I would have really liked to have seen that. But we did get to see the ladies from Slater Kinney uh, later on. The very yeah, we'll ladies. we'll talk about that. Yes, we will. If you if you listen to the show, you you know about how we feel about Slater Kinney, and it's not how we feel about the band Slater Kinney. It's just how we feel about their appearances with Pearl Jam. <laughs> so uh, that'll be something that we get into. But uh, we open it up. Uh, Surprisingly enough, uh, I love when the band kind of does this. It's a little nod to their history, and they will mention later in the show uh, about a really small club that they played in Philly back in the day. But uh, if you go back and see the set list for their first ever Philadelphia show back in 1991, Wash was their opener for the show. So it's a little throwback to that, and that's what they open with here. And we're going to listen to it for a second, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. This is 
So, pretty cool throwback to the first time ever playing in Philadelphia, and uh, I feel like this is a really, really strong performance from Eddie right off the gate. Uh, a lot of emotion and feeling, especially those screams at the end. Uh, you know, can't ask for much better than that. It's, it's a really good kickoff. I couldn't agree more. Um, and selfishly, like, like this song was always one that I... I loved, and it wasn't a white whale because I'm confident I had seen it. But I, if I had seen it, I, pr- I probably saw it once, maybe twice. I think um, I think PNC in 03 was before this, yeah. So I had seen it there, but not much. And I just love the song. And like you said, Ed is in Ed is in fantastic voice. Um, and this musically now, um, Matt would be proud. I think of this. <sighs> I, I think uh, this is really they perform it like so well. Like to be honest with you, I think right away. You see Mikey's kind of on. He's um, throughout it. He's got these really textural licks, like subtle. They're so subtle, and it, it's it's throughout. Jeff is in the pocket. Um, Matt, I mean, the dynamics of the song, they're really like the volumes up, down, dynamically. They really, it's got a lot of feeling. When you listen to this, and anybody who's listening to this, I urge you to go back and listen to the show. You, it, They got the feels right away. And you could, it was almost like they're playing in the living room. They weren't on this arena with 20,000 frenzied fans. It, it feels like they're on the couch in the living room just playing. It's so cool. And uh, it, it just sets the tone, man. It sets the tone. I will say before we go any further, this first set, you can match it up against any other first set in the history of the band. And I say that this one has potential to beat any I, of them. I, I agree, it's I agree that, with you. It is that good, and it's not just choices of the songs in the set list, but it's just how how well and tight everything is and how good the band sounds, and there really there aren't a lot of glaring holes in, in this at all. Uh, you know, you go from Wash, and the next three songs are like a punk trio to me. Yeah. Hail, Hail, Brain of Jay, Spin a Black Circle. Yep. And it's a it's a stretch of three that I absolutely love. I don't think we've we've covered this uh, those three together in the front like that before. I know Spin the Black Circle around this time was kind of hovering up there from time to time, but now you kind of see it as either an encore song or a really really late first set song. So man, uh, this is I I feel like this night the energy on the stage is just. It's exploding, and they're taking everything that the crowd has given back to them. And I really feel like the spark plug for all this is Jeff, because you see him on stage, and he is just he's yep. spinning in circles, he's moving around, <laughs> yep. and he is having the time of his life during Hell Hell on this. I I couldn't agree more. He's he and Matt. I'm telling you, the band. Every song as we go through this show, you're gonna you're gonna say it about everybody in the band. They were so on. 
Um, every every song you can literally, if you focus, if you're like, yeah, you know what, I want to listen to Matt on this one. You're gonna go, Jesus, you know, yeah. you know, you know? <laughs> you're and right. You, you could just pick your pick your your player for the song and listen to Jeff just go berserk on Brian and Jay. I mean, it's it's not normal. <laughs> you know, it's like right. It's, they were just I and again having at this point fortunate to see my fair share. Excuse me, fair share of shows. Um, you know, you, you listen, I, I can be, you know, objective and some shows are better than others. And, you know, feeling wise, you know, not that not that they're ever just getting through it, but they were so jazzed for this night and you could feel it, man. And they were just it was just awesome. And that run of songs there. I don't think I think if I'm not mistaken, the first time Ed addresses the crowd is after Spin the Black Circle. So they went from yep. that really cool, dynamic wash to just three punchy in the face songs. And, and the place was on fire. And then Ed's like, you know, how you doing? <laughs> you know, and, and and I got the sense that in the bridge of Brain of Jay, like there was just sort of this, like finally a breath from the audience where they're just like, "Whoa, what are what have we got here? Like this is this is great." Where you can finally they slow down just a little bit, but then they, it, it's kind of like pacing yourself in a marathon a little bit. It's, it's starting off, and all right, I want to I want to get to a good start, but then when you find yourself kind of in that little spot where it's like, all right, I'm in a good pace. I can slow it down just a little bit, and then right at the moment, I don't even realize that I'm bringing it back up, but I'm building back to where I was before, and they it just they they absolutely captured that with Brandon J in this. I do agree with you 100%, man. I, I think it's an awesome performance. I'm, I, it really is. It's it's a tight, tight song. The guitar riff is so, you know, as Pearl Jam fans, I love it. It's, it's Yield is one of my favorites, man. That record Yield. is just... Yield is my favorite. It's, is it really okay? Yeah. So I didn't know that. Um, I mean, ten and verses obviously are like you know the Holy Grail, and and but Yield for me it's it's after it, and um, that song is just a badass, and I love playing it, I love singing it, I love hearing it, and I again it's another one I don't think we hear enough, but it's probably enough as they as they really can put it in a set because they have so many to get to, you know. So when we get them, it's it's we're privileged, you know. And that was and that's a great version of it. And Spin, like you said, that early in the set, at that point was like you're kind of like oh this is kind of a barn burner, man. This is good. You know, it's a uh, it's a barn burner. However, I what I noticed with the song is that sometimes when they play it, uh, they tend to kind of outpace themselves on it and it gets really fast. But I feel like they did it just right here where they didn't want to overdo what they did with Brain of Jay. So they did it in a way where it kind of complemented it and it wasn't trying to. Uh, to speed up, it wasn't. It was wasn't trying to to catch up to it. it. It was trying to keep pace. That's that's cool, dude. That's that's very very cool and fair point. Because uh, I mean, listen, it's it's just a fact, and we can tell you from experience. You know, everybody. It's the songs are faster. You know what I mean? They 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 play them so fast now. Like even flow. If you listen to old even flow, it's a really groovy song. You know, mm-hmm. it's a groovy Absolutely. groovy song. Yeah. Now it now it's like on methamphetamine, man. It's a it's 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 almost sometimes a riff is almost indiscernible. It's so fast. Um, which listen, that's it's great. I'm not saying it's not awesome, but the songs do feel different, and a lot of songs get sped up. And I think uh, spin is the same way because if you listen to if you listen to Vitology, you listen to the studio. You know, it's it's a defined riff, you know, and you can really hear every kind of note. But when it gets flying like that, I could see what you mean where, you know, it can be too much almost where it outpaces itself. I think that's a good way to put it. And uh, you, you know, just don't want to blow a tire that early. It's it's a fair point, you know, um, and, and, and just kind of thinking about it. And one of one of the things I wrote in my notes is that it's just it's has so much a different feel. And that's why I call it a punk trio because these songs are really what you know mid 330 maybe 
less than three minutes long. Yeah, it's like New Jay. It's like three. Yeah, that might even be like two fifty or something. I mean, it's yeah. it's, like, it's like three songs in nine minutes. You know? But I think you can play Corduroy in the same amount of time as you played at least Hell Hail Brain of Jay and half of Spin a Black Circle or a little bit of it. You, you know, can. so yeah. it's it's just a different feel. It's a different like it, it's and it's the way that you want your crowd to respond to you if you want your crowd to sort of get this epic build then yeah you go off of wash and you play corduroy but if you want everybody to uh to start sweating in the first five minutes i think this was absolutely the way to go and um i think it was it was they were the right choices for for how this first set went i think it was uh it was a tremendous choices and uh and picks by them um, but yeah, after the three, Ed does, uh, stop to say hi to Philadelphia and it's three songs in and it, they happen so quickly, but you kind of do need that, that breath for a second. <laughs> yeah, even, we did. We did. <laughs> you know, even if it's just, uh, all, all together four songs, but I, I, I don't count wash as being the section. I count wash as just the, the slow open, uh, and Ed says here, if you were waiting for us, we were waiting for you too. Um, I thought I read somewhere that it took some time for them to take the stage, that it took a little longer. Um, that's possible. I do recall, aside from uh, the other shenanigans in the parking lot, I think it took a long time to get in the building. Uh, that, that's okay. why I, I remember just getting to my seat, because I was there so obviously plenty early, uh, yeah. um, but I couldn't get in the goddamn building, and I, I wasn't alone. It was like, because it was, like I said, it was just a fucking party. And, it was, and listen, Philly's a great town, man. It's fucking rowdy. Those, mm-hmm. people, those people know how to have a great time, and... It was it was like a goddamn party, man, and and twenty thousand people just smiling and having a good time, and it was chaos. And I I just remember not really being able to get into the building easily, and uh, that's why I got to my seat like as late as I did. But um, so if they went on late, maybe maybe by a half hour, I don't even know. I, I can't even say that they did because I, listen, I'm gonna tell you, man, I was feeling very good by the time I sat down, so time time didn't matter, you know. <laughs> they have a good history in Philadelphia of playing past the hour. Uh, because if, if they went on a half hour late, this was about a three hour show. I think it was clocked in two fifty. Uh, yeah. Two fifty. I had, uh, I, I think I had two forty eight on, on the YouTube clip. Uh, so if it did start a half hour late and say it started, it was supposed to start at eight thirty and really started at nine o'clock, man, they went until, uh, shit, almost midnight. Yeah, they may, dude, they, <laughs> you know insane. what? They, they damn well may have. I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was just awesome. It was awesome. They can cost their production team a pretty penny, but you know, <laughs> they, they could have. When have, when have they ever given a fuck? You know, what did what did Eddie say once? He said, "You made us rich fuckers. You know, we're gonna give it back." Oh to the yeah. People. So he said it. So they're cool with the policy. That, you know? that was the live at the garden DVD that he said yeah. that. Yeah, I think yeah. it might have been. It might have been the garden. Yeah. 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 You've, you've made us rich fuckers. We're going to believe in a tax cut or something. We're going to give it back to you. Some shit. <laughs> some shit something like that. Eddie the comic, you know. But uh, no, it was good. And I got to tell you, though, but regarding your point with those songs and that song choice, he does allude later on to the fact that the band was in Seattle when they announced this show's. And it hit the, the band being made aware that the show sold out, like, instantly. And... Um, mm-hmm. And I think once they knew that, and he, he knows that early, when he's writing a set, he knows these are the, these these are the diehards. These are like you know. Oh, these are these these are like the these are the fucking diehards. Um, and it's not just Philadelphia people that are coming in. It's right. New York people like like yourself. Um, it's all of Jersey. It's all of Pennsylvania, and it's some of south of that uh, right. Delaware, Maryland. Uh, right. 
Maybe even Ohio, if people want to drive in from Ohio. I'm sure they did, dude. I'm sure they did. I'm telling you, it was it was awesome because it was a t- it was like a ten club show. I think it was like a ten club show because I remember I didn't get tickets to to AC. I got skunked across the board. I got no tickets, mm. um, and uh, and I was pissed. <laughs> and I, and the Borgata was such a small arena that I couldn't get him on Ticketmaster. It was like impossible. But right. I, I digress. Let's move forward. But I think that I think that's why they chose those three songs, man, because it it, it was. Like you said, they couldn't go wrong, and the place, and you hear the crowd, and anybody listening to the show and watching this show, um, you're gonna you're gonna feel the crowd. Put it on good speakers, put it on headphones, so you can really hear because it it's it's just it's just cycle back and forth between the crowd and the band. It's awesome. And uh, so they go from uh, saying hi to Philly and uh, going into giving a fly, and uh, great time to shake up a little bit lighter. But honestly, they're still. At this point, even though Given a Fly is sort of a lighter tone and maybe more, I guess, uh, positive instead of uh, grungy and punk, uh, there's still guns a-blazing through this. They they yep. zoom right through it. And it's not even – I've criticized before that you know Given a Fly has this pace nowadays where it's just – Mike is just playing way too fast. Um, it still felt – like there was build in it, which is kind of crazy for Given to Fly. And you know what I'm uh, I'm trying to say here. I know exactly what you're trying to say, but and I when I had a similar thought, and um, but then I it's 14 years ago. You know, it's 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 they did it. They were still playing it with a bit of groove at that point. Um, and it comes across here. I mean, it's it's moving, it's moving, but there's a bit there, there's room to grow. Like I said, like the, at, the right. cres- at the crescendos at those points, you know, and and he still gives his love like those points. Um, and and then the, and the energy builds, and it's not like it just starts on ten and stays on ten and ends. You know what I mean? So it has got those ups and downs, and and I like that. That's what I like about that song. It's a when you watch single video theory, I think it's Mike that describes the song as a wave. Yes. So the song should sound like a wave, right? <laughs> uh, you're hundred percent right. I th- you know what? And not even thinking about that. And it's funny because the, the song's called "Given a Fly," but like I the wave came crashing, and that that's really. The whole entire time I think of the song, I, I feel like it's a giant wave the whole entire time. And even if you're thinking about, you know, somebody flying through the air, it, it's it's kind of it's turbulence a little bit. It's up and it's down and it's up and it's down. So, uh, yeah, no, that's that's right on the money. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like this version of it. I, I do like this version of it a lot. Uh, we go from giving a fly into sad at first kind of sounded like they were going in a different direction than they did uh it it almost sounded like it was a weird way to start uh maybe it sounded like they were about to play down because it sounded very strummy instead of very plucky Mm -hmm. but um fairly early version of this song only 11th time played at this point and uh man the band was on point for the rest of the way but this one uh, I think I wanted a little something more out of Ed's vocals, and it didn't happen until much later in the song. And I, I'm not sure what it was. It, it just felt like the band was at a certain level at the song that Ed was just a little drop below them on this one. Um, again, in the, in that moment, as an audience member, I would tell you indiscernible. You know, listening back to it, of now, course, I could. You know, I'd say there's ebbs and flows probably to every show. You know, where he's uh, no, I'm not, oh, and believe me, in no one terms, gassed. I think he sounds great. I just think um, that it could be this. Uh, 
Like I said, listen, it's a good it's a good performance, but you're just coming off like again, given the fly, think of the way the show opened. <laughs> you know, right. killer killer watch those three, this killer given the fly, like we just discussed. And uh now this is kinda like you know, I hate to say it, it's like mid course, you know, they're they're playing a cool song that they don't play often, so he's still giving it to the fans. And um and honestly I think he's saving enough for the for the next one, man. You know, it's kind of my opinion, like a pitcher in baseball. Sometimes you gotta put some in the tank for the next one, you know. Exactly, yeah. No, like you're you're at the eighth hitter and you're saying, All right, well, I know in two batters I have the leadoff hitter and the leadoff hitter can hit curveballs and this guy can't. So. There you go. That's exactly right. Exactly right. And and listen, the room when it's in the room, there's nothing but love. So and honestly it sounds great. But uh and again, I was cool. I, I like this song. I'm like I'm not like the biggest, biggest lost dogs guy. Uh but uh I, I like this song. I, I always did and I'm when I play it it's a treat. I absolutely agree. I think that said is one of the lost dogs that they should play more often. Uh, I've never seen it before either. So, you know, hopefully get that uh, 2020 or even 2019 tour. I don't know about at this point, but if we get it, uh, I'm really hoping that that sad kind of comes back around. Uh, it, se- it seems like every now and again that I'm able to get a lost dog after not hearing it for a while. I got, uh, they played you. At Fenway this year, and then yeah. at Fenway the year before, they played Strangest Tribe for only the second time. I was there for that one. Yeah, that was crazy. That was yeah. Crazy. I I didn't even know what to think. I don't have many memories from that show. I was I was piss wasted. It was the <laughs> it was the only Pearl Jam show that I had uh, missed the beginning of. But technically, well, I miss, I missed the first two songs. But we were walking to the park, so we oh, heard. You're yeah. Fenway Park. You hear everything. It's not getting missing it. But here, that, that's the thing. Like, I uh, I was at a bar with my brother, and uh, we walk out, and we hear elderly woman, and I'm like, oh, that's probably just some bar just playing it to, you know, to prep for the show. And he's like, no, that that's that's the stadium. And I'm like, fuck, are you kidding me? And I, I, I told him, like, Pearl Jam never goes on on time, so we can leave at... 7 30 and be okay nah, they, they were on dude they, they, was, the curfews at fenway are tough the curfews at fenway are really tough i know and unfortunately this past year uh <laughs> i i just remember i i had to be we had to be in the park at a certain time and because i knew that they were gonna get on uh at 7 30 the same way and they didn't go on until eight this past year uh, so boy. yeah so that was a, a little disappointing i think they even cut some of their set because of that but mm. uh who knows uh all right let's move forward with this uh next song here uh not a song that they play a lot it's another pretty rare one um let me grab my stats real quick for this one at the time it was only the 32nd time 32nd of 47 times that they played this and it was in delay for 18 shows that they hadn't played it. Um, it gets off to a little bit of a rocky start, but uh, you know, if you're not, if you don't play the song a whole lot, I, I can see it happening. Uh, we're gonna play it for you here because we don't hear it too much on the show. It is one of Matt's favorites. Uh, here's alone.
Um, it's funny. You picked another show. Uh, you gave you gave us two options, and we kind of went through and listened to both. Uh, this was the better bootleg of the two. Uh, but the other show, actually, they played alone, too. Yeah. So I wonder if that had – do you have any attachment to that song? Is that one of the reasons? Nothing, um, nothing that I would say is concrete other than I just always – Loved it. Um, I, I, even our, our band, we've we've played it a couple times. I, we're bringing it back, I think, shortly. Uh, I, it's, I for whatever reason, I don't know why it didn't get. It doesn't get the rotation it gets. And I've, I think I've heard Matt say that in the past. Maybe it was during the Orpheum show you guys did. Uh, uh, it was. It it's such a great song. I, I I in my opinion, I love it and I love the groove to it. Uh, I, I I dig the song and I want to hear it more and I just don't hear it enough. So it's ironic. But I, this was like a very selfish show for me. There's so many songs in the set that are really like my favorites. Like if I could handpick a set, it, they're, like a lot of them are here, and this is one of them. And I wash as well. Like so, I'm dude. I was beaming. <laughs> like this was great. This was such a treat. This was again when they start playing this song. You're like you got to be kidding me, man. This is what is going on here. You know. And what we're we're seven songs into the set here, and we already have three lost dogs. That's, That's what really I mean, good. dude. It was insane, bro. It was they. They would get, this was a 10-club show, I'm telling you, in every sense of the word. I don't recall if it was officially one, but it may as well have been. Like, it was just all fervent fans, and it was there was so much love in the room. And you, you can hear it on the video. I know I'm repeating myself, but it's so it's so it was such a great vibe in that room. I'm telling you, I've been to every Garden show, and I know how special that is. This this was on like on par with it. It was a great night, dude. Great night. Uh, I I have the 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 fave five of American uh, cities that are Pearl Jam cities, and it's New York, Boston, Philadelphia, Chicago, Seattle, and Philadelphia. Man, uh, I I think New York is probably one or two. Uh, I mean, it's a little biased. I've seen shows in Chicago before. Uh, Chicago, sh- Chicago and New York are really flip-flop, one or two. And I really feel like Philly is probably that number three sitting in pretty snug. And then you have probably give the nod to Seattle at four and then Boston at five. I, I see. I think Boston's ahead, man. I think you think that, Boston's uh, ahead of Seattle? I, I really do. I think, actually, I, I would tell you, there's a part of me that thinks Boston's like, probably one of their favorite cities. I I, I know they love the garden. I, they definitely, I, yeah. They have such they an affinity for do. Boston, man. I'm telling you, they do. And it, maybe it's because there's all higher education there. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> and, and no, I'm serious. You know, you know, there's guys are thoughtful like that. It's, it's, it's like a, you know, it's kind of a, it's a, you know, a forward thinking, you know, city with higher education. And, and sure. that's something they care about. And he, he, I think he references it. It shows the fleet center. He's got Howard Zinn there. You know, he's got this, yeah, they have this right. affinity, you know, for the city and, and it shows in their show. So again, Philly, this, this was like, this was just such an, it stood out. Like I, when you asked me about shows and we were kicking it back and forth, this one stood out, not just because of alone. It helped. I'm not going to lie. It helped. <laughs> right. But uh, it it was really also just because it's one of my favorite shows. And I'm glad you asked because, not that I forgot about it, but this made me go back and watch it with fresh eyes and fresh ears. Listen with fresh ears. And it was a gift. I'm telling you, man. Like, to go through it again. That's great. One of the, one of the things about Alone that I was a little bummed is that they didn't do the reprise finish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where they just uh, repeat the final verse. Uh, I think I, I in Hartford 2013 they did that, and that just like got an enormous reaction. Everything that night got an enormous reaction, but I just remember that being such a prominent 
part of that song. It is probably one of my favorite parts of, of the song. I agree with uh, you. I, that's, that's, back to it, so. Yeah, that's a really good point. I would have liked that would have been nice. It, it kind of sounded like honestly like they hadn't played it in a while. You know what I mean? Like and, yeah, and they and they're like, let's do it, and they're gonna love it anyway, and let's just play it. And they were right. We loved it right. anyway. You know, it was it it was a sloppy start, Agreed. and it wasn't it's, it wasn't the cleanest. But you know no. what it. Uh, it, it's alone, so you, you cherish it because you don't know when that that next time is. That's right. That you're gonna hear it. That's so. right. This one wasn't about the performance; uh, it was about the choice. You know. Exactly. Exactly. The next one, though, uh, you can hear this one pretty much every night. Uh, Even flow is next. Um, really, you know, just every time we talk about Even Flow, it's just kind of yeah, they creamed it again. Like, yeah. What. They, it's it's what they do. It's what the, you know. And Mike is listen. I have. I'll say this. I actually like this version even flow. Um, it's Mike's being ripping again, but again because the band is already so elevated. I think Mike kind of really does just take it to another level on his solos. But what I really stuck out to me the most in this version is Matt Cameron at the end. He has this really, uh, yes, really I love that part. cool drum breakdown. And it's not a drum solo, but it's goddamn it, it's close, man, because he's got this groove going where he is floor dominant and and it's building and it's building and, and they just let him go. Bam. And you know what? It's really simple. It's kind of soft. Yeah. And it's really it's sort of the percussion is not just Matt, but the the he's getting the crowd yep. to clap along with him and yep. be his sort of sixth man there. And it's really simple but effective. And and then when it builds right back up, Eddie just kind of gives them the mic and the they, whole entire crowd sings and crushes they, they just completely crush it. They do, right, uh, bro? It's it, it's wild, man. Because like you said, it's, it's so dynamic. Matt Matt just brings it back, and then Stony rips into that. The, the or Mikey Mike, Mike does the the leading lick, and they're they're back into it. It's like one, two, three, four, and the crowd sings that whole final chorus, man. And it's it's epic. It's really it's it, this is I have to say, I you know like I said. It's this is my probably one of my favorite versions, especially like we hear it all the time. This one to me really significantly stood out as a as a special one that I've seen. You know, it's it's you know when listening to even flows and kind of comparing them, um, I can't on bootleg be like, well, this one is really better than the rest no. if they're all kind of in in this fashion. You have to think about what you remember from the crowd in that moment and that's gonna be the even flow that really stands out to you because it is really more of being there instead of listening back on it yeah it's the experience thing i think that's i mean with a lot of it man honestly if all if all performances are the same what's the difference the emotion right and the experience sure. so yep. in this in this case that was what stood out you look for moments you know on the whole the song is performed very similar the same night in night out Every show, for virtually, and uh, but on this same spot, yeah, it's got its spot. It serves its purpose. The band gets to warm up. Ed gets to. It, 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 there's a reason. It is where it is all the time, and um, they get they get the jam, man. They get to get loose. They get and then it sets the stage. And in this particular one, you know, Matt Matt did his thing, and those are the moments. And I said, you look for moments, and those are moments mm-hmm. that made this one stand out. So I, I like this one. I, I usually I don't think we would talk about it, but this one was good. Absolutely. Uh, and after that, I don't think Ed kind of, I don't think he gives the, the tip of the hat to McCready there unless I missed it. But um, I don't recall. I'm sure I know he does later. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, 
it does it with everybody later, but um, he says it ain't quite the spectrum, but it feels okay. And a few yeah. of us in the group just watched a movie about Enron called The Smartest Man in the Room uh, and says shows what we're up against uh, as civilians. There's evil fuckers out there telling lies and taking money from everyone and not giving a fuck about it. And the next song is about that and uh that's where it gets us into green disease here um man they this was a buzzsaw they ran right through it i i feel like i did one sentence took one sentence of notes uh because by the time it was done i'm like oh shit all right i gotta take notes for faithful now because they just ripped through it and um usually after even flow i kind of like you know, faithful after even flow would be a really good option. Oh man, um, great! And something you know, something a little more lighthearted, or you know, something like Nothing Man, uh, to just sort of get you back uh, and get you sort of uh, resettled, readjusted, uh, reset. Um, but Green Disease being like a buzzsaw, it's really it's interesting because usually even flow either starts. Or ends a section, but this is kind of like alone, even flow, green disease, all being in its own three-song part here. Yeah, I, I, first of all, I'm gonna be totally candid with you, and um, I I don't like green disease. It's, it's no, yeah. oh man, we were doing so well. I'm so sorry. It's it's one of those <sighs> songs. Um, like I I I, 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 I you know it's okay, uh, it, but. I'll tell you why I remember this song being in this show. Because as soon as it started, I ran to go to the bathroom to pee. And uh, <laughs> and I was so mad that it lasted like a minute and a half. I was like, how fast are they playing this song? And uh, I, <laughs> I thought I'd be back by the time it was over or damn close to it. I wasn't even close. I don't think I made it to the bathroom yet. Um, oh, wow. So I, I, I remember being mad. <laughs> Because I absolutely adore the next song, and I missed the very beginning of it, so um, it, it, it was I shouldn't have left my seat. I shouldn't have left my seat. But uh, sometimes, sometimes you can choreograph it, and kind of, <laughs> and that's sort of the reason why everybody kind of leaves during even flow because they know it'll be a ten minute song, and they know they'll have the time, and then if they miss a little bit of the next song after, it'll be okay. Um, 2013 my goal the entire time was to leave during sirens because uh. it's sirens is one of those songs it's it's just a little awkward if you're there by yourself or there with like another dude and <laughs> it's just like it's a love song and it's just kind of no, listen you know. I, I get it but that you have to find your moments. Listen, I, I know me, man. <laughs> I got to find my moments at some point after I go to a Pearl Jam show and I enjoy a Pearl Jam show, excuse me, a Pearl Jam show like I do with a couple cocktails. At some point, you're going to have to take a few breaks. And I thank the band for giving me those moments. And if that's your moment, take mm-hmm. your moment, man. <laughs> go for exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you this. Had Evenflow not been so stellar, I probably would have taken my opportunity then, but it was something a little different. Mikey was a little on fire, and mm-hmm. and I stuck with it because it had a groove. So this put me in the green disease moment, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> but also look there. You know there there are moments. Uh, I was at a wrestling pay per view this past weekend, and I decided to go get food uh, during a match that I thought that not a lot of people were were getting food during. So. Uh, I kind of missed the whole entire match and ended up kind of sucking anyway. And the next match was like the dud of the night and everybody left. Like you can hear a pin drop during that match. It was, it was, nobody was interested in it. And I knew that 
if I had left during that match, I wouldn't have made it back in time to see the next one, which which was a watchable one. So, oh, that's fine. <laughs> you know, sometimes it, it, it's you have to sort of think ahead of the curve. Well, you so, could try. It's you could try. It's harder at a concert, but you try. You try. I took my shot. Exactly. I, I took a try. And I messed it up. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you hold it in a little bit. There you go. There you go. Not That's the worst all. thing. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Or or you don't. And <laughs> and you apologize to your neighbors. Not the worst thing. Uh, I think I think your neighbors would disagree. Yeah. Maybe you should just yeah. hold it. Anyway. Yeah. Too much too yeah. much urine talk in this episode. Let's let's uh, let's clean it up. Hundred <laughs> percent agree. Uh, so we go from that into faithful here. Uh, Ed says that they aren't playing songs that they play every night. If that's all right with the crowd and. Um, Man, I really I was digging Faithful on this one, and Me sometimes uh, Matt's not a big fan of Faithful, and sometimes I have a tendency to kind of be met on it live, even though I really love the album version. Um, and it it it's because I feel like it has the tendency to just plod along a little bit, that it just kind of just sort of is there, and and it doesn't have that encapsulates that like raw emotion. But this version is really steady. It's really upbeat. Um, Ed is tight. He drives right through it. Uh, it doesn't feel like it, like a breather when it does, when it plods. Uh, this was, this was straightforward and, and really, really excellent version of the song. Yeah, I agree. I think there's, um, there's probably a handful of songs that we ever talked about it that, you know, maybe you always want to hear them live, but I think, you know they're done so well in the studio that they might just you might enjoy listening to that studio dynamic you know sure better certain songs just are better studio you know and yeah. um or it'll translate as well live i should say and uh i think with faithful because like you said and it, it's such a cool song you know the the, the introduction and and, the, and jeff's bass how it creeps in like that you know nice little melodic um intro he does it, it is so dynamic and if you just when you interject that song you know, in that place, I mean, you just said they just did a, a kick-ass even flow and they ripped through a green disease. It's following that. So it's like kind of jumping off a cliff. You went from this buzzsaw to this kind of like meandering thing. However, this performance of it is, I think, like you said, pretty good. Ed's definitely tight. He's on. Um, Jeff sounds fucking great. And, and the rhythm section is really, really in the pocket on it, I think. Um, and I, I like this. This is a good version of it. I really do. I think it's a tough one to pull off, and especially in the middle. But after a really fast song, and uh, they did they did this justice really 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 well. I think that night, everything here is just paced so tight and paced the way that you want them to play, mm-hmm. uh, playing up to the energy. I would I would say, and um, this is just I feel like faithful defined that uh, just as much as anything did during the set. And if we didn't have a little patch of songs that we had to play. Uh, in a couple songs or so, I, I would I would want to listen to Faithful here uh, and and spotlight it more. But I feel like uh, we got a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, uh, and that's why I, I'm kind of uh, lumping the next two together because uh, Whipping and Not for You, uh, like Whipping again. That's that's a punk song. That's really it was what three three yeah. minute performance. They whipped right through it. Yeah, uh, it's a sprint, but. The the thing about whipping here is that without looking at the set list, and sometimes I just like to do this to see if I could sort of test myself and kind of guess at what's coming, They it was really easy to tell that Not For You was going to be the follow-up because their, their songs, Whipping and, and Lucan, 
are just tailor made for that like that abrupt end and then kind of that drum beat to kind of come right back in and follow up on that. Is yep. that when you guys play not for you, is that something that you think about or absolutely. Um, and that's, I will tell you that that actually comes from more. So the grateful dead fan and myself and Kurt and uh, Tim, we, we always, and Brian, I, I the whole band is really into it. We always try to think of ways to actually end a song and go into another one. Like without Just go seamless, w- yeah. Without stopping. Um, and segue, you know, and there are certain songs that lend itself to that, like, really, really well. And um, we, we just this week, as a matter of fact, we're working on a couple just because you're jamming. You know, you're playing, all of a sudden this idea comes up. And I and I think, in this case, I think it, it really did work really, really well with whipping into Not For You. And, I, and I've heard, I think, um, I forget what episode, you guys discussed Not For You. And I, I think Matt's not the hugest fan because it's a little repetitive. Do I have that correct? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. I think he thinks it's a little too long, I, I, the kind of song that it is. I, I Listen, it's... It, he, it is repetitive. It's it's literally the same three chords and uh, with a little bridge in the middle. And when you're soloing at the end, it could be, if it runs long, it could drag. And I, I get, but if that's your biggest complaint, so be it. Um, I think these are both performed real well. And again, they're not too fast. You know, they're not too fast. You can really feel it. Um, I, I liked it. It was good. Again, there's so many great moments of this show. This is just, these are really good moments. Um, they weren't the ones I definitely remembered. But uh, they're solid play, man. Solid play all around. Watching Matt on whipping was just a treasure. He was an absolute machine. He's a goddamn beast, man. He really is. Uh, he doesn't miss a freaking beat. He's he's the driving force. Um, uh, what's next in my notes here? Uh, oh, I, I kind of mentioned that uh, Not For You gets a little jammy in that last verse uh, before they finally break out. Yes. That was, that was interesting. And it- then... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I, I do like when they do that. I, I, there are a couple songs I like when they'll get a bit experimental. I wish they did it with that more because they can. It, it's so, they can go anywhere with that. Like, they do it with Rearview. That's my, my favorite version of Rearview Mirror. I don't mean to get off topic, but, like, when they oh. do that, when they take that opportunity to explore, because they can do it. The fans, whatever they do, the fans are going to they're gonna love it. So it's such a safe room and such a safe net. They got nothing to worry about. So I right. do, I like when they when they take it, as long as it's, you know, tight in a sense and it's it's got purpose, like, you know, it's not, I don't want to hear musical masturbation. I'm just, you know, fucking around. I want to, like, have them, you know, really jamming and going somewhere. And, and I like it when I do that. It, it's it's special. You know, those are the moments. When you say you grab moments, that's what I'm talking about, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know exactly what you're saying with Rearview Mirror. That's just, like, and they, um, we brought it up a couple episodes ago that that's really Stone's, uh, sort of uh, canvas there where he yeah. gets to just kind of experiment and, and mess around and a lot of uh, different versions of, of Rearview Mirror there's been versions that we've covered that sounded very groovy and, and kind of jammy like Grateful Dead like and then there's that version uh, that we did it might have been the Penn State show uh, that sounded like it was right out of Abbey Road. <laughs> yep, and yep, it just has that, you know, sort of, it's blues driven, but it's just like, it's it's still got that kind of modern rock, uh, you know, steady feel to it. Um, but yeah, no, when they go and do those parts, uh, that, that, that sort of, it, because they're not doing the same exact thing. They're not doing this kind of not for you at another show right uh that makes this show stand out 
in the little, little spots that you just don't realize more than another show where not for you might be just really standard and straightforward and might not get that little extra something. And and we even see a little extra something. Uh, uh, this is really early on when they were doing this, but um, right at the end, uh, they thank Slater Kinney for being on tour with them the whole time. They uh, they tagged the end with Modern Girl, which is... Um, That's why I, was, I love that, man. I got to tell you, oh, I me too. That. I do. Me too. I'm a, it's, I'm, it's a probably, suck, I'm a sucker for some Modern Girl. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, it's it's probably one of my favorite tags that th- that they do, uh, especially because some of the tags on daughter just get to be a little repetitive after a while. I, th- I think you know we've exhausted conversation on that, but uh, you know it was still pretty early on that they were doing Modern Girl like that, so uh, it sounds really good and it it still sounds good today. And I think there was one time where I didn't see it like that, and I was very uh, very disappointed. So. Ah, there you go. Uh, all right, this is a, a cool little part of the set here. Um, you don't get it too often, but when you do, um, you kind of—I don't know—I don't know when it is that you realize it, but uh, we'll get into that in a sec. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to tee up this song, and then we're going to kind of come back, tee up the next, and then tee up the next, because these three songs really can't when they're played together. You have to talk about them as a group. Because they are known as the Man Trio. Yes, uh, you have the Mama Son. You have uh, the yeah. Man Trio. You, um, you know, not not purposefully like the Mama Son is, but uh, you know, this definitely uh, they will put this together live. Uh, they've done it eighteen times in a total group uh, in all different combinations. Yes, I I went through and I did. All the combinations that could have been from Leatherman to Betterman to Nothing Man, from Nothing Man to Leatherman to Betterman, from Betterman to Leatherman to Nothing Man. <laughs> I went in and I, I wanted to see how many of those combinations they did. I counted 18. I hope I'm, I'm right on that. Is that true? Uh, is it that many? Is that many times? 18 times, yeah. Wow, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, in all, any of those combos. Uh, the way that they did it to, uh, at this show... Uh, Leatherman, Betterman, Nothing Man, they've only done three times. Ah, so I was lucky. So, I was lucky. Yeah, that, I, that's, <laughs> it's rare. It's the rare of the rare. Look at the, the research on Randy. Look at you, man. That is <laughs> that is some serious shit, dude. Good for you. Yeah. Check no, out the I, big brain I, on Brad. <laughs> when I try to get into a subject, man, I'm just, I, it's something we haven't done before, so might as well give a little extra nugget of knowledge there uh but yeah since since we are covering all three i think we got to really hear all three uh and it kicks off with uh the b-side of the bunch uh let's hear leather man here So uh, following up with Leatherman in this trio here, you are uh, going right into Betterman. And man, there's some great crowd participation. And, and Eddie even mentions it. Uh, he's At the end, I think he says it beats the pants off Atlantic City. So uh, you'll want to hear it early, early on in this song. Man, this is this is a, a fantastic version of Betterman. Uh, so the, the second of the second of the three. Listen in. 
Exciting version. Um, we'll talk. We'll talk extensively about that in a sec. Uh, I guess it's time to sort of uh, cool off a little bit and uh, kind of reset the set set list, uh, so to speak, a little bit. And uh, that's where you get the last of the trio. And uh, so let's play it. Let's hear nothing, man. She wants to Let's talk about the trio. So this is what they what they did here, Leatherman to Betterman to Nothing Man. Do you think that this was the best way to utilize the, all three of these songs in this spot? Or do you think that – because I kind of – when I'm thinking of this, I think it should go from least to best. So I think that Betterman and Nothing Man probably should have been flip-flopped. Oh, I see what you're saying. As far as, far as – well, you know what? Hindsight with the crowd participation – if you're if you're if you're going for a crescendo at the very end, if you consider these three things as a whole, yeah, I think in a perfect world you put the biggest crowd reaction at the end. That's how typically sets are built, right? Um, this I don't know. This this is kind of cool because after uh, what is he right after he right after uh, Nothing Man? I think what what's the song right after Nothing Man? Does he go right back up? What does he play? Right? Uh, they do once. Right. So. He's got. It's almost like he's got it by design. He's kind of going up, down, up, down. You know. Uh, well, Leatherman, right. Leatherman's up there. I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I had no problem with it. I actually, because I, I, the Better Man, to, almost to echo what we discussed with Evenflow, in my opinion, 
it was special. It heard Better Man, you know, a hundred times by this point. And not that you get jaded, but I'm sorry to say, I think you do. You hear things enough and you start, you know, you're like, oh, I've heard this. You know, you but look. You Better look. Man is, has, has figured its way into the set into like a first or a second encore where it's become kind of, you know, an extended play or an extended dramatic uh, uh, song. But if you play it in the first set, it, it sort of has a refreshing feel to it at times. I think that is absolutely true um it, it holds a different weight and one you know it's great you say that because uh corduroy i find is always so early in the set mostly like it, it's it typically like you know so have you heard corduroy as a cl- as a encore closer before we at fenway um that's I, yeah that would that blew me away and let me tell you something i turned to my buddy my, my brother my buddy adam he uh and i i turned him i go dude they don't they don't do that that that, no. that was special and you could feel it and so i think that's a lot of truth to that so better man being where it is here as far as spot is is pretty pretty cool um really really cool spot for it such a sick performance honestly and the crowd like the back and forth uh it's got some like freddie mercury shit going on there it's so good <laughs> and uh it's just awesome and it's i think it's a really cool performance from the get-go and i think the highlight of this i hate this is the crowd is the sixth man as they say you know they, yeah. it's um it's kind of the highlight of the song no offense boom yeah, no offense. Excuse me, seventh man. Sorry, seventh, yeah. seventh man. <laughs> you got me. Um, but yeah, uh, I that's my to me the highlight of that. And as far as the song placement, I'm totally cool with it because again, it, it's it's. I think you said before with with Brandy J, like you almost needed a second to breathe, right? You're like, right, you know. So you know what? Better man, you breathe. Nothing manages this beautiful moment. And again, this 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 it's that's awesome as well you know it's just ed is on that's a nice performance of that tune man it's it's oh yeah eddie, eddie kills it he's really strong i'm telling you he's in good voice tonight like you could really feel it and hear it and uh he's having a good time and and it's coming across and he was strong and then he knows he's following it up with once man you know so you're gonna have that mellow moment and you're gonna go right back to it so it's i don't know i like it i actually like the way it feels i do and and really Throughout this whole entire first part of the set, they, they don't really talk too much outside of the the just saying hi yep. uh, before giving a fly, and then that little Enron bit. They're they're really ripping straight through all these songs. Yep. Uh, what is it going back to whipping? Not for you. Before that, um, faithful. Like they talked before faithful for what two seconds? If that, so you if that. Right. So you have five songs here that all or six songs, I should say, that sound almost completely different from one another that, you know, some have completely different tuning. Some have completely different style uh, that you're just ripping right through and everything is staying tight and paced out so perfectly. Uh, This was really this was really powerful. This was a really powerful part of the set. I, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. On all fronts. And Matt and I have seen the Man Trio, uh, MSG, sixteen night two. I believe the order was Nothing Man, Leather Man, Better Man. Uh, I'm gonna take your word on that. I was there. <laughs> yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I wrote it down. So that, the, yes, my friend. So <laughs> yeah, I trust me. After doing a, a lot of these, I don't remember shows that I've been to now because I'm I'm covering shows I've I've never seen before so right you you, you are inundated with information i know exactly um so man trio goes into once which was uh part of a different trio that we mentioned before um and really i don't have a lot of notes on this because with everything happening here it comes off as fairly transitional it's um it's not really in a spotlighted spot 
that I expect wants to be in. Um, you know, I just think back to the best times I've seen it and the crowd kind of pumping their fists back once, yeah. once. And I, I, I just didn't feel that power from this one. And it's played fine, uh, but it didn't, you know, I, I feel like this song can and has the ability to feel special. And I, I didn't, I didn't get that just because of the spot that this was in. But if they did another song in the spot, um, and I'm trying to think of something that, like, I don't know, Satan's Bed is the first thing that comes to mind. But oh, like, wow, that, yeah, that would have been. I mean, that would have been completely out of left field. You know what I mean? If they, of course. That out, I mean, when they played it at Penn State, they butchered it. It was like they're playing it with mittens on. I mean, Battle <laughs> <laughs> love you for saying that. <laughs> no, but no, I mean, listen, they were figuring it out. I can totally appreciate it. Um, but uh, yeah, if they whipped that, I again, I, I know what you're saying. I think you know, perhaps it is as you said, you know, a bit transitional. Um, there's nothing, I guess, particularly you know that stood out about the performance. Maybe like you know what, if they if they were to play a song like um, State or Breath, there, you know, something that's maybe not State of Love and Trust would have really worked. Here. I think yeah, I think it would have. That probably it, it scratches. The, don't mean to throw, but it scratches that B side itch a bit. Though, though it's not really B side anymore. But you know what I mean. Um, it scratches that itch for some people and uh, maintains the same thing that like once does. Uh, you know, so and again, uh, that's just saying if they want to go a little deeper, you can do a song like Breath. You know, that has that high energy, and I think that kind of would have worked here. Um, but again, I got I got no issues with their choices, man. This was like, this was such a cool show and uh, so different. I mean, I, I know you've done 100 of these, man, and this show stands out. It's a, very unique, it's a very unique show. But man. no one's counting. No one's counting. But it's very, but uh, for pleasure, though, you've listened to hundreds of shows. You know, this show, yes. after you listen to it, it will stand out. It's a I different show. I have pleasured show. myself to hundreds of shows. <laughs> he said that, kid. It's not me. That's not a job. <laughs> uh, for all you kids listening yeah, out there, it's yeah, not a PG that was show. not me. Um, no, it's, it's, this one stands out. And I think that's, you know, that's the reason. So it's a, it's the, you know, listen, it's a crowd pleaser. People dig it. And it's performed fine. You know, I got no issue with the performance. And uh, it was good. Again, in the context, of the, I, that's it, too. Context, man. Think of what you're following. Think of what's coming next. Sure. You know, it's yep. it's it's all part of the, it's all part of one big beautiful picture. You know, um, and in my opinion, that's what I think. Yeah, and I think you you kind of hit on the nail there. And when I was thinking Satan's Bed, that was literally because the last show that we did, Satan's Bed was pretty much in this spot. So that's the kind of headset I was at there. But um, you mentioned State of Love and Trust, and that is. Last week, uh, we kind of termed it as a glue song where it can kind of go somewhere and really it it sticks. It sticks wherever it goes and, and you can kind of, um, you know, it, it doesn't need to be transitional. It doesn't need to be a certain way, but like they really don't fuck it up ever. Nope. But it also like once I feel like if once was in the spot that Bleed For Me was in. Like once going into blood would have been really, really good. That that's cool. And I feel like yeah. that would have that's a cool made thought. It stand out a little more. That you know, you know that, yeah, that's no, that dude, that's that's absolutely a cool thought. I I I think that would fly. Hundred percent, that would be great. I mean, just small little details, and it's not like we're saying what they did was was wrong or bad. It's just saying, hmm, what what could have really made this. Uh, Made this pop yeah, if you if you were dissecting like that and again now state sure. I would prefer state to be played a little slower than it is these days I like state not quite you know 
that singles version on like but a little pace to it but it's it's again it's another song that's so goddamn fast it, it's, it's right fast. it's so fast now that if it's got a little the feel to it eddie can really sing it i love when they perform it like that you know and i wish it would have a little more of that these days um but i think here it works and to your point about it being glue from my it I, I, it's like my utility infielder when we have to write a set because like you said I can quite literally put it anywhere if I have to if we play a couple slow songs and I need that song to pick it up after the slow song I will frequently use state if um, I need to start an encore it's ended sets because it's because people it's it, it can really you can like you said you can plug it anywhere and it can play and uh, it, it would work anywhere but it's not here so <laughs> you can yeah. tell that he listens to the podcast folks because he made a baseball analogy <laughs> and how many times have we made baseball analogies to songs being relief pitchers and being uh, bench players and yeah, yeah. all that stuff so you're you're right you're right on target there I, I like that utility player role uh, that, yeah Absolutely. and I think it's true I think it's true uh, that goes from once uh, into Bleed for Me, the Dead Kennedys cover. Um, I had it as a possibly play or possibly not. And I'll let you, um, I, I want to hear what you say about it before making a decision. Because I thought they were, I thought that this was money. I thought that they nailed this and it sounded really, really good. I, um, I, again, now this is not, I'm not going to lie. Punk is not my, uh, my favorite genre, so to speak. Um. Uh, but if Pearl Jam's playing it, I'm into it. Uh, so, but I think they played it really, really well. Like it's a hot song, and you can tell Eddie's really into it. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he he's really happy to be playing that song on that room on that night, and it it really translated. So where I might usually say disinterested, or maybe you know try to do my second green disease and run, um, I didn't, and uh, it was really good. I, I have to say, like for a song I didn't really know extensively. Uh, it kept me there, and Eddie was. Uh, you can, I, I, again, that's the thing that stood out to me most about the song is his passion for it. In my opinion, that's what I think. Uh, I think the best part about the song is kind of after, and it, it, it's a punk song, but it has so many different parts, and it has so many different variables, and it it just doesn't. It feels more creative than a punk song does. You know, it, it's not just like four chords and and, and gone. Four chords, bridge, back to the verse, back to the chorus, and and then gone. It, but like that little when Cowboy Georgie comes to town. That is cool. Like that is cool. Really cool part for it being a punk song, and you just don't hear that in normal punk songs. I know Dead Kennedy is kind of specializing, and the Clash, another band that really specialized in in kind of experimenting. Uh, with different song styles like that and uh, changing changing up uh, styles of the song. Sure. Um, like, I think if we play any part of the song, that's the part to play. The the that little I guess you would call it just sort it's of. It's like a, it's a, a rhythm rhythm breakdown. It's a breakdown of some yeah. kind. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it's it's cool. But, it's definitely cool. It, it's absolutely cool. Like I said, it kept me there. It's creepy. It's got a cool little creep factor to it. It, do, it, it does, and then, like, he kind of has this, like, sarcastic tone to him, like... It, Shit, yeah, man. You know, it, he's grasping Jello's kind of uh, preacher, uh, Jello Biafra, who's um, the uh, lead singer of Dead Kennedys, his, like, preacher mentality and, and his, uh, uh, that, that he possesses when he sings songs. Uh, if, if, if you've listened to Dead Kennedys before, he has a very, very signature voice on him that he just like everything he says it it's 
you know him from a, a mile away. So, so you think is that is that embellishing? You think a little bit to like to make pay homage to that, or, or is that what you think? Um, you know what? I actually think he's doing it in his style. Okay, I don't because Jello Jello is kind of in a way he's very he's very vowel soundish where you know he he won't pronounce his his consonants at all, and Eddie can tend to do that too. Yeah, but Eddie is not trying to reach his level of cuz Jello can get really really high up there but oh, Eddie is yeah. Eddie is still at where Eddie's comfortable being at the song. So it's it's a little bit of a tribute but he's he's he is making it his own. Um why don't we hear a little bit about that cuz uh that's I think my favorite part in the song when Cowboy Georgie comes to town. <laughs> down, 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 down. So let's uh Let's play a little bit for that, and you can you can change the lyrics uh, to if, if if you want to for another cowboy that's uh, <laughs> that's in charge fucking things up. So let's hear that. When cowboy Georgie comes to town, sticks out a strong and human. Just finishing up on Bleed For Me real quick. Uh, eight times uh, total, and they would only play it one more time after this show. So, you know, I, I pretty good decision to, to play it here because you never know when we're going to hear it again. Uh, oh, actually, um, that Easy Street record show that we promised about a month ago uh, for, <laughs> for Patreon viewers, I think that's on that show. So whenever... Whatever that decides to get released, uh, and it will, we fucking promise. And you know, we're we're holding. It feels like we're holding back on our Patreon viewers, but we're we're not. We're we're you know, Matt's very busy. Uh, if 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 I knew how to edit better, I would, and and it would be out already. But uh, trust me, I'm trying. We're 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 figuring it out. So, um, but you had uh, the Man Trio before, but this is really the blood trio yeah. here. The blood duo, I would say. Yeah. Um, and that's how we're ending the first set with uh, with blood. Um, we've heard some bloods lately that have just not really met expectations. Uh, this one was pretty good. Um, Ed is just sounds like he's completely exhausting the rest of his energy. And yeah. it sounded like his voice could have used a different Ending, I, I, you know, you know what's funny is I, I had the thought um, as the, as I was listening back to this, and now again in the moment not noticeable. It's when you go back and you listen to it. Uh, of course, yeah. I think it, as when he looked down and he knew this was the last song before the break, and he looked down and he saw that that was the fucking song. He was probably like, <laughs> he's like, oh fuck, man! Like I, I'm telling you because he sound. I do. I agree with. You. I think he might he might be a little gassed. Maybe. Maybe something that wouldn't be quite as harsh as this one. Because let me tell you something, man. We did that when I met you. I think we met when we did the verses. The verses show, right? yeah. And we had to do blood, obviously. 
And um, and I, dude, I, I love doing it. That's love, when your amp busted. Oh yeah, yeah, remember that? That was fucking wild. Um, it was crazy. Fuck <laughs> Johnny on the spot. They fixed it. it. The amp actually went on fire. Remember that? It actually went on fire. It smoked, and I didn't even catch it on camera. I was taping it, yeah. and Kurt went to go fiddle with it. I had it on. I had uh, my phone on you, and then, uh, then all of a sudden, I, 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 I didn't realize what what had happened. So I just kind of you were pandering to the crowd or whatever, trying to finish the song. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I missed all the smoke. I, I, I could have got this really funny, cool thing on camera, and I totally, uh, I totally missed it, which, which sucks because I, I do take pride in my videography. So. Well, you did a fine job. You um, did a fine job. But, uh, yeah, but, I, but Blood, to your point, Blood is um, it's a it's bitch to sing, man. I know, listen, I'm, I'm not comparing myself in any way, shape, or form. No one can. Uh, but I, it's, it's a hard song to sing, and it is grating. It, it's a tough it, – it, it, especially after you just – what you did, but how they started this show, where he is at this point in the set. I mean, it's it's a tough choice, uh, but you know what? They close it out strong, and um, what's to follow is very selfishly. Honestly, I have to tell you, I think my all-time favorite first encore, hands down. Selfishly, the peak rise back choice. I think what's coming is just the hands down favorite of all time. There's a lot to talk about with this encore, uh, for sure. And what what's interesting when you look at it on paper is that you can look at it and be like, okay, well, if they played this today, it would just be good. But you have to kind of take a little bit of what was happening back then and what was going on in their set list back then and a kind of a little bit of how, you know, these songs are treated in the Pearl Jam lore. Uh, and that's really what makes, and, and honestly, we talked that, uh, that Grand Rapids show, we go back to a lot mm-hmm. and they, um, that first encore, they considered it an, an experiment and they did around the bend parting ways, uh, hard to imagine. They did a, it was all softer songs, uh, really kind of, you know, their, their, um, campfire, uh, set right. until do, uh, before they did a live, I think a uh, crazy Mary was a part of that too. Um, and this is the same thing, and it's you know I, I was actually wondering during that show when they if that was the first time that they had started doing that, but no, it seems like this is more of that. You know, this is obviously before Grand Rapids, yes. so I wonder is this the first time? I, I and and they've dabbled a little bit, you know, maybe doing two. Uh, maybe doing like a, uh, you got to hide your love away right. and, well, Ed, and something, Ed, something else. Ed would do, I'm not, no, my timeline could be wrong. Um, but I know like, you know, for a while, Ed would, you know, the band would leave the stage and Ed would sometimes come back, you know, and with just a guitar and he would do, you know, maybe Patriot or uh, it's those early versions yeah. of Patriot, things like that, where he would just, you know, do a song by himself and then... The, Give me some truth would be Yeah, long. you got it. So in those moments, Ed comes out and it kind of does, it gives the band a break. Um he comes out, and that's usually when he talks to the crowd, and he does his, you know, what he wants to say to us on that particular evening, and um, and then they get into it, you know. And, it, and what I like about it is it, it just builds it up again, you know. It's you get to kind of take a breather. You just got your ass kicked for about an hour forty-five, you know. Mm-hmm. What? Sit down, have a drink, have a smoke, whatever you want. Sit down, and now you're just listening, and it's it brings it down, and now you're back to nuances and dynamics. And I'm telling you, man, I love I love that portion of that shows. I really do. It's it's just it's it's like a reset button, you know, because you know it's just gonna start over again. It's it's it just resets it, you know. And and it's not just that. Like I think the unpredictability factor and the allure of going to these shows is a lot of it comes within this part of the set because a lot of times 
where you know you're getting in and and maybe they're they do four kind of campfire cool down songs and one of them is you know more often than not something you haven't seen before or something that you haven't seen in a long time or something that's just flat out awesome like something like footsteps right off he goes songs that really don't fit in other places in the set or you know because they're not uh they're not they're slow but they're not slow enough to be openers uh so to speak so yeah they don't fit you know they don't fit and it's mm-hmm. they're not glue they're the opposite of state of love and trust like like that's that's right that's why they do this i'm pretty sure ed is actually referenced to you know what man i you know what i think the that boston that that boston series where they're like we're gonna play every show we know this weekend or whatever that remember that they did they, 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 mansfield yeah. yeah that's right so that they they kind of learn is you know what when we do this we get to sit down we get to talk and Ed there's many shows where he makes reference to that we're going to kind of chill it out for a second and get a chance to play some songs we never get to otherwise and I think that's the mm-hmm. reason and that's why these songs can't be put anywhere they just can't and the flow of a set it's like slamming on the brakes or shoving that broomstick in the spokes if you're fine it just you will lose momentum as much as everyone loves them it doesn't work with flow so he's the, the band has found a way to bring them to us in a way that they totally fit in context because they hit a reset button they they bring it to this culmination and they're like we're gonna breathe and let's start again and it's just perfect man it's you know like it's i love what they've done with this and how the band's doing it. and this is a great example of it i think this is an early it's only really two songs because by the time the second song of the encore excuse me the third song of the encore it, it, that song by the end of that song it starts to pick up a bit you know but like it, I think the first two songs alone really set that kind of campfire tone like you said you know absolutely and I, I think it could be argued that it's if not all campfire then it, it, it's it's definitely more mellowed out than bringing in something like yeah uh, you know even even something like a present tense, which will bring you back to the point where you could say, okay, now that can transition into a live or into a go yep. or into something that's uh, do the evolution, something like that, uh, something more substantial. Uh, but this, like, it stays pretty even and pretty mellow with, you know, but but still like enjoyable and, and grooved and everything like that uh, throughout the whole way. Let's let's uh, let's touch up on on all this now. Uh, so Ed comes out and thanks the crowd. It says there's a hell of a lot of you here and points all the way to the back. And he see, says, I've seen helium balloons drift at a lower level than that. But I'm guessing that there aren't that they aren't the highest people here in the building. I think he's pointing to the people that are. Uh, high up and he, he's saying i've seen helium balloons higher than you but you're not the highest people in the building that, that that's good yes. I, I like that one uh said so we saw thousands of you in the parking lot he saw you yeah, did. uh he, he he and the security guard got got wind of what you were doing and he said no you were all getting it on early in the spirit of doing a few things that we haven't done here's this uh around the bend here uh that's how they they kick it off uh, this is at this point the sixth time that Around the Bend was played, and out of fourteen that they've done it, and we've covered it maybe I think four times. So we're we're leaving we're leaving it off the uh, uh, you know the the playlist today uh, because I feel like there are a lot more important things, especially in this encore yeah. itself. Yeah, there's other things to go to. So um, this sounded fine. Uh, I was on a kick for a while where I really 
did like the song and I really wanted to listen to live versions of it. But I don't know. I, I think sometimes it does get a little boring and it doesn't really pick up. And maybe it would have been better had it been served as the second or third instead of the first song in this. But, uh, you know, not it wasn't really my favorite version, but it wasn't at all. I wouldn't have been disappointed hearing it at all. No, it selfishly. It's actually like it's, this song has a special connection with myself. And, uh, uh, now it, uh, ironically at the time it's with myself and my daughter. However, at the time I didn't have a daughter. Um, so it's weird, but I, I always, I always felt a connection to the song. There was something about it and that I loved. And this is one that I'll almost go back to what we were talking about with faithful is where I think, it is just a pristine studio song. I love the piano. I play piano myself a little bit, and um, I, you know, it's one of my first instruments. And when I grew, was growing up, and the piano in the studio version on No Code of the song is just—it's just pristine. I, I love it, and I—I I, I couldn't love it more. And this, I don't think, translate as well live because, frankly, Boom doesn't play that. You know, he's not—he's right. not sitting down at a piano playing that part. Um, so it's. And I, I think it's a big part of the song that's not there. Um, that being said, I am always happy to hear it. And I don't believe this is the first. But it's, to your point, you said you guys have discussed it four times, right? And it's only been it's yeah. only been played, what would you say, nine? Four, 14. Okay, so that means you guys are covering big shows or iconic shows. And they save it. Sure. They save it for those shows. You see, what, So it shows you what it means to them, in a sense. You right. know, like if we can give a nugget to the crowd, like a special song. So it definitely, I think, to them, they're like, we're giving a rarity to the crowd that they hold in high regard, I think. And um, they, But again, as far as performance, it's not their best. It's definitely not the best that I've heard. I'm always thrilled to hear it. But uh, but it's it's a cool, cool choice here. And I think it's nowhere else it works but here, frankly. Yeah, I agree. Agree. You can't put it anywhere really else in the set. Uh, we've talked about it as a closer before, and we actually really love the idea of it being mm, a closer. That's interesting. It's the album closer. That's fucking interesting. Um, they did it three times while on co- on tour for for No Code, uh, and the time I think we covered it was Barcelona, and we loved it so much that we added it into our uh, our wish list set list. We that was our our closer for that show. That's really uh, cool, man. That's just so unique, you know. Yeah, it is. It is, and you know what? That you're saying it, I'm like, it, it does. Work. It absolutely works. It's such a nice way to say goodnight. <laughs> sure, it's a good. Yeah, it's, it's a good night song, and that's and that's kind of without you know. That's my my me and my kid. It's it's a good night song. You know that whole, you're an angel when you sleep. You know it, it, it's. It's for me again. That's what it means to me. So I yes, it absolutely works. Saying goodnight. It's it's funny how he de- he's described this before. He's uh, it's a lullaby, but he wrote it kind of for Jack Iron's son. But it's a lullaby, but it also kind of turned into a serial killer talking about his you know singing to his uh, his victim as as they were dying in his arms. Oh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with lullaby on that one. I uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, sorry sorry for giving you I'm nightmares. Gonna, yeah, I'm gonna look at the pool. I'm not gonna pretend I didn't hear that one. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna stick with lullaby and daughter. Let's go let's go with that. <laughs> I'm fine I'm fine with that. It's, that I I think that's uh, yeah. So move moving on moving, moving on. on. Uh, they invite Slater Kinney on the stage, uh, the first of a couple times that they do this. Again, if you've listened to the show, you know how we feel about Slater Kinney being on stage with them. Um, it's not our favorite thing in the world, but we have 
praised Harvest Moon before. Uh, it says that. Do you think this is their best? I think this is the best thing that I. This is my favorite, frankly, that they did when they joined them. This is my favorite. This is out of all of them. Yeah, this is this is the one I like the most. Yes, uh, we'll get into it. Uh, we'll actually listen to it. Um, uh, and he kind of dedicates it to Neil Young, saying uh, we want to we want to play. This is might be our last chance to play it. I believe they played it two more times since uh, since this date, uh, but not a lot. They have not played this a lot. So uh, here it is. Let's listen to. Uh, Little 90s Neil Young here with Harvest Moon. Yeah. like Slater Kinney on this version um this one I just I I don't know this the, the back of vocals here were just kind of cringeworthy um you, you know what I think I think what you have to do on this one is you really have to watch the video uh when you when when you're getting they're they're having a fucking party like this is they, this is you're 100 this is Slater Kinney's last night on the tour because I'm pretty sure they didn't go with them to Chicago to House of Blues and they're having a fucking party and you see when they're actually up doing the vocals, they got like this kind of like, you know, this choreographed like um, Martha and Vandella is like they're doing like, kind of, you know, you know, <laughs> like, like no, I mean, it, choreography is really a lousy term to use because I think they just move their arms once. But uh, but right. you'll, you'll get the idea. They're really just having fun. And uh, and I think it's I think in, in this again, in the context and perhaps I am biased. I happen to be a sucker for this song. If I told you that I was that I've that I've listened song. to this song, what is this, the twentieth, May twentieth? Uh, in this month alone, I am confident that I had listened to this song at least twenty times. Uh, wow! Um, there was something beginning of the month, and this there's something special about the song to me, and uh, it's just like the most happy, relaxing song like ever. And uh, when and then when we would have started discussing this show. I was listening to this and it, it really scratched the special itch and uh, I'm kind of biased. I like the performance. I think Ed sounds really cool. I love Stoney on this one. Again, you want to talk about times where Stoney, ne- you never really get to sing Stoney's praises. He wears his moment to shine. This is it, man. This, he, is, this is absolutely wild. This is yeah. Stoney. This is Stoney playing that high end acoustic. You can really hear him and his textures and his layers. And, uh, 
I'm a sucker for it. So I hate to say I, I have no complaints because I was just so I'm smiling right now. Yeah, yeah just thinking about it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I like this one. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> no, don't. I, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, I, you know, I have great memories uh, because, you know, going back to, you know, being a kid, I was a kid mid 90s, you know, 10, 11 years old or so. And my mom would have a one CD player in the car and she wouldn't change her CD up. So Harvest Moon was playing almost all the time. If it wasn't Harvest Moon, I feel like it was Wildflowers or something Beatles or she was really into Judy Collins. So uh, it, it maybe something uh Maybe that, but I, you know, I, I don't have memories of Judy Collins really, but I have memories of this song. Let me ask you: Have you ever seen the music video for this? Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred times with the with the bar, it's like the little roadhouse yeah. bar, and Neil's playing. It's just, it's a, and yeah, it's like a little it, time machine of him back in the day. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's it's just it, it has this whole Canadian like skyline uh, feel to yeah. it, like dive bar. You know, just kind of a full moon, country. a full moon in the Pine Barrens in a roadhouse yeah. with a little band playing, and uh, yeah, dude, I don't know, man, I, 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 I am a sucker for the song. I can't, I, I'm unapologetic sucker for the song, and I, I don't dig apologize. It. <laughs> Never apologize. Yeah, that video, that video is cool. That video is cool. It's a fantastic track, uh, and they don't honestly don't do it enough. Uh, that takes us, uh, lest we forget, uh, Eddie. Killed it on harmonica. Oh yeah. With this. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. That's one of my notes. He does. You know, he really he plays it very well. Not that it's it's not John Popper. You know, parts. But no. But, uh, right. but let me tell you something. He nails every single note. Every single note. And uh, and and let's be honest. Eddie's having a good time tonight too. He's swigging that wine and he's been having a good time. Uh-huh. And he still nails every single note on the harmonica. It's easy to get sloppy on the harp. He doesn't. He doesn't. And he plays that part note for note with reverence. And I think it's pretty well. I'm glad you said that. We've heard it recently before, and that's why I wanted to bring it up, because recently we've been critical of it before with uh, You've Got to Hide Your Love Away, where he's kind of, he messed up the actual song, and then when he gets into it, he's like, (laughs) and and, and like can't, you know, the the crowd is being supportive of him, but it's just sort of like, either do it or you don't you yeah. know uh, so yeah. this is this is redemption uh from yeah that so. yeah, was really good too good point good point so we go from harvest moon into hard to imagine and hard to imagine nowadays is uh, look it, it yeah it's rare uh it's pretty it's pretty uncommon to hear but it's not you know they they've turned this into more of a live song than it was back then yes and Yes. Uh, to the point where they've made this an opener. Well, right. Um, We've even opened with yeah. it, man. I, it's it because like what you you're absolutely right. But then you got an O at L five at this show. It was not. Mm-hmm. It, this was this was a white whale for a lot of people, man. I'm telling you. Right. And um, the room. I remember the room buzzing. I I think I had heard it. I think I got, had gotten it once. I feel like it was the garden. I could be wrong. I, I I'm like confident that I had seen it once before. But they opened with it at the Garden 08. Then I did. Then I did. No, no. Then this is before that. Which is funny because that's next this, week's this, show. Oh, yeah. Going. There you go. This is this is before that. Um, I had seen it. I just remember, I think the most of the people in the room had not seen it. And it was really, really fucking cool. And 
it, it's it's a great it's I tell you it's a weird song and I think the only place you could put it now is like after a song called Harvest Moon it's like it's it, this is where this has to be if you're gonna play it it's right. got to be here and it, the sort of placement makes sense to me um, if you're gonna do it anywhere and uh, it's it's again at the time just total elation man the fact that you were like you gotta be kidding me like really yeah. it was just a stellar moment and uh, I'm really glad we got it like I, it's a good performance too man Eddie the the um, the culmination at the end with the build up uh, with things are different they really it, you, the power is just stellar it's just really uh, it's, it's a dynamic song and they play it really dynamically tonight this whole show had feel it really did yes uh, the this song especially was full uh, it just felt like it filled an arena. It felt like yep. listening to it in my headphones that I was surrounded by it. Uh, being, you know, sitting in my house, it felt like being in an arena. Uh, that's that's what I like from this song. That's exactly what what, what I'm asking for. And uh, if you were to guess, how many times what how many times had they played it up until that point? I'm going to say off the top of my head. I would guess f- six. This was the twelfth time. Okay, so so it's it's slightly. That's still really that's, rare, though. That's really rare. That's really rare. And a, a lot of that comes with them not doing it from about 1994 until about 1998 or 99. Right. Well, there was definitely a point where they did not play it. You know no, what I mean? Right. And that, and like you said, now it's become. It's not a staple, but it's it's enough. Uh, it's enough of a song, a live song, where I was comfortable putting in a tribute band set as an opener. Yeah, at, yeah. Like, at, at like big shows too, you know. Like so, it's it's been. Uh, it, matter of fact, holy cow! Our good friends Robin and Larry, um, they had us. We played. It's the only wedding we've ever played. We play private parties all the time, but they they had us play their wedding, and um, they asked if they could write the cellist song. Of course, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever you want, you know, and. Um, that was what they asked for. I'm, I'm pretty certain that that was their opener. It was hard to oh, imagine. That's, and, that's uh, really and, cool. Yeah, and that, and then we learned it for their wedding, and then, uh, and then after that, I was like, dude, that really, that really just works there. It does, and uh, it's a nice beginning, you know, with the, you know, Stony starting it out, and uh, it's a really, really cool beginning, and it's, and it builds. It's a crescendo, you know, the whole thing builds, and it's, Is, it's, was, was that their first dance song, or no, no, they danced a beautiful Chris Cornell song. It's escaping, it's escaping with so which, uh, which title, but. Uh, it was nice. It was really, really nice, and uh, yeah, it was good though. That was a really nice time. And uh, it's funny you mentioned them, you know, making the set list because that's uh, a point of of contention my wedding right now is that um, I I have an idea in my mind of what I want to hear song wise, and she kind of says that um, no, the rest of the people there aren't going to be into it. Um, and I'm like, just give me the last two songs a night. Please just give me the last two songs a night. And the last I've heard was, I'll think about it a little more. I think two songs is fair enough. That's good. I, two songs. I, I haven't asked for a lot. I have That's, not asked for, for... Two songs is fair. Yeah. So, but I've also, I did some convincing for the first dance song. It wasn't, it was more of like, I wanted something Pearl Jam. And then once we were at the Fenway show and they played Just Breathe, we were like, okay, that's this is it. Oh, that's beautiful. Good for so, you, man. God yeah. bless. That's beautiful. And then I finally, I finally figured out my mother son song, uh, which is not a Pearl Jam song. Uh, it's going to be in my life, uh, which I, I wanted. I wanted it to be something that my mom knew. So. And you that, said she's a Beatles fan, right? You grew up with Beatles course. music. Okay, cool. Yeah, very, very cool. important in my house growing up. So oh, that's, that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. So God bless you. All of it. 
how how all of it started. So good stuff. Um, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so next one, Ed says that they don't play very often, special yeah. occasions, which this considers to be man. Th- this is this, we'll get it. We'll get into <laughs> some numbers here. Uh, but yeah, this what is, is it? Real... What is it with this one? How many times? I, I need to know because this I don't think I had heard. Uh, I don't know that I had heard this. You definitely hadn't heard it if you weren't at specific shows at that okay point. okay cool because they'd only been playing it for about four or five years oh my god dude that's uh, this was i tell you again we went from hard to imagine to this and that's why i'm telling you no exaggeration this this little encore here if i could hand pick it's it's like it was like tailor made for me it, it's such a great encore and this and this song from hard to imagine to this dude and it comes across in the video. The crowd is effing berserk. And the performance, again, dude, first of all, Jeff Ammon is just, he's like, he's just ridiculous. Um, he carries so much of that middle when Mikey's soloing. Yes. And, and, I mean, when Mikey's ripping it and he's going, letting those notes bend, Jeff is holding it down, he and Matt. And it it's, it's like, this is a sick performance. It really is a great, great, the, Eddie sings it beautifully too the crowd really is into it. it it just goes off and you can hear what's nice is in the intro when they start it and like people start to realize what's happening because dude in 05 again like you're saying we're, now we're a little jaded we've had it a couple times now 2019 we've had it so we're still jazzed but we I love how we haven't actually said the name of the song yet yeah oh, have we have we not oh that's cool we haven't but <laughs> we're we're gonna play it so well in, to... in 05 we didn't hear this song very much and i'll let randy tell you what it is so i'll i'll just let you listen to it. Here you I love go. that. I love so, that. Here it is. this point can you guess how many times they had played it well if i guessed six for the prior and it was played 12 i'm going to say this is even more rare than that so i'm going to stick with six 
you're on the money. Is six. Uh, look at me, baby doll. Nice. What do, I win? what do I win? What do I win? Uh, I, well, since I didn't come up with a trivia game for today, uh, <laughs> you win the trivia game. <laughs> Yay! Title. I'm champion of the universe. There you go. <laughs> um, I I I went through and for the last four songs, uh, for the first four songs of this encore, I went through and I did some math here. So up until that point, those last four songs, and, and including that night, those last four songs had been played a combined 31 times. That's amazing. And see, it's that's why this, we said it a couple times, it's a 10-club show. This was such a fun and different show, man. It stands out. Its show stands out. It's like a fan club show. It really is. Absolutely is. Like, these are ones... Every single one of these songs, people have something special to say about it, whether it's around the bend and saying, well, you know, I saw it because it was it was rare and, and you really don't get to see it or Crown of Thorns. And, and it's just like paying tribute and homage to their legacy and their history. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's a lot of people just have such emotional attachments to these. So sure. uh, with the combined 31 times, you compare that to now. These four songs have now been played a combined 92 times. My God. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. You have to really take a look at how rare stuff was back then uh, compared to what you see it as now. Because now you'll look at it and you'll be like, well, Crown of Thorns is like, I, I, I went on a stretch where I think I saw Crown of Thorns at like three straight shows or something. And I... I didn't realize the impact and 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 all three times it was uh, following Chloe Dancer, so uh, it was nice. kind of you know. And I, I love Chloe Dancer too, and I yeah, love when course. they when they do that combination. But it it just sort of it jaded me a little bit. It didn't. I, I didn't realize that it was that rare. I just kind of thought, well, Crown of Thorns is. You know, listen. They do it whenever they do covers. So I think it's uh, true uh, of anything. Absence does make the heart grow fonder. So if, you know, the more you see something, sure. you can't. It's human nature to get jaded. So that's why you know we get jaded surrounding these songs. So if you don't hear it so often, it does hold a little more weight. It has a little more. That's what makes it special that it's a rare occurrence. So we, I, we do, I, you know, I was about to say we developed a term last week uh, um, called a rechaser, uh, and I was saying that about severed hand. That uh, really, when I started going to shows in, in 2008, it was it was after Avocado, so Severed Hand was still in pretty heavy rotation, yep, and it was yep. kind of left over from uh, into Backspacer. So the first five or six shows that I saw, it was probably played three or four of those shows. Now, I probably haven't seen it since then. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking about it now, and, and I used to think, oh, Severed Hand, I'm just, okay, whatever, you know, And but now it's just like, when are they going to play Separate Hand again? I, I I need it, you know. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, that's and well, again, that's what makes it special. So you know, we got that one, and on this particular night, to take it in context of the year and the time, and at that point, only been playing six times ever. So clearly, it was special, and uh, we were lucky to get it. And um, I'm, again, it was just a sick performance all around. Again, Jeff holding it down, and uh, it's just everybody. I mean, and the room. Again, that seventh man again. They just they, it, it's such a cool night, and I keep referring to him because it was it's truly a part of the show. I'm sorry to say it, it is. It's a fan club show, and the fans are part of the show. They are the good Philly crowd. Absolutely deserves that, and we go back to that 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 five that the, those five cities that really make 
you know, make up the, the the bulk of the Pearl Jam fan base. And that's not to, to say that you uh, Texans and North Carolinians and, and every Michigan people out there are, are, are not as important as those people, but like that's there. It's these fan bases that just really make up such a heavy big part of the band so big 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 part of the fan base absolutely 100 percent, and they pay attention to it so which is nice they appreciate absolutely. it and, and they get it you know absolutely so after after playing crown of thorns he talks he talks about a film that was made about andy wood and i've actually never seen it before I mean, and then he trails off actually he doesn't finish his statement uh, no he doesn't and then he drinks from his wine so at this point i, I remember watching a video this week and i was like oh you know what that's a He's having fun, <laughs> you know, and I was like, I can relate to that. Could but here's the, here's the thing: did they sort of like tee up somehow? Because the the camera's focused on Eddie, but the crowd is is saying "Boom." Well, I think he might. I think there were songs like where "Boom's" definitely not playing. And, oh, uh, so he came back on stage yes, and the spotlight was on. Yeah, oh. right. I think that's most likely what happened. When okay. he came back up on his keyboard, he's up like on a perch on this one. He's like Judge Wapner up there. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he goes up there. I'm a much cooler Judge Wapner, by the way. Though Judge Wapner, very cool. Uh, but he uh, he goes up there, and uh, I think that was it. We saw him, and and now we know what's kind of you think you know what's going to happen. Not really, because this wasn't highly played at this point. Um, and uh, actually, it's funny. This again, the song they're about to play. At rehearsal this week, we were t- we were talking about this song, and uh, guys were debating. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, just, it's not my favorite. I'm not into it. And we we're discussing the song, and I was like, "You got to remember the context, man. Back in the day, like this was like one of their first covers. Well, yeah. not their first covers, but you remember when you remember you used to hear like, oh, did you hear Crazy Mary? Did you hear it? And like, it was like it was kind of this like uh, it's definitely a bit of a white whale, you know? Like, like you got the Victoria Williams thing and you heard it and you're like, right? You try to chase it down and uh, I have an old VHS bootleg somewhere from Atlanta, like where Brendan O'Brien comes out and they're like they're trying to hook up a Hammond Beach on stage, and um, and, yeah. they, and Eddie even says like they can't get the fucking keyboard to work. Eddie's like, don't get a fucking keyboard player, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, like so it's 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 I don't know, but anyway, uh, it's it, it's funny you mentioned that in Atlanta because actually Baba uh, got in touch with me this weekend and he was like, hey, I, I found a bunch of bootlegs from 1993 and he highlighted uh, a couple things and one of them was a version of Crazy Mary with both uh, Victoria Williams and uh, Brendan O'Brien. That's and, the one. Uh, that's... I think... That, that is going to be in discussion for, for coverage at some point. Uh, we have, oh, that's we cool. Have, we have a lot of stuff that, that we want to cover uh, obviously in the next couple months and we have something special that we're doing over the summer that if you listen to our clip show uh, I kind of uh, teased but um, we haven't done a show from 1993 yet so that would oh, be cool. a really good way to get into it yeah it's a nice um, way to dig in that's a nice way to dig in so uh, Ed tees it up by saying this one is about a lunatic and the lunatic isn't me Yeah, um, and it's Crazy Mary so Okay, there's a lot going on here, and the way that I'm going to tee things up is that uh, they're going about the song, and, you know, it's it, this is pretty normal standard operating procedure, and then uh, until there was no L-O-I-T-E-R-I-N-G-A allowed, and um, you got to listen to what happened here. It's kind of like what happened to Kurt with blood that night. And, you're, uh, you're damn right. Exactly right. It's exactly what happened. So listen to it. it it's kind of, 
it's it, it's just it's hard to it's grading uh you know just for warding that i wanted to when hearing it i wanted to my first reaction was to turn it off because it it just was not pleasant to listen to so uh we're gonna play this part the uh the amp bus and uh then we'll uh We'll kind of we'll kind of make our way into this, so let's let's hear that. So uh, yeah, that was pretty crazy, huh? That's um, I tell you something. In my entire life going to concerts, I've never seen anything, anything like that, and uh, it, it it was funny as hell. To be honest, at first it was troubling. Like I said, you're like what the fuck is that? Right. And then you could see Ed was clearly freaked, and then it, he, as as they get into it, and you know he starts going back and forth, and and I, they convince Stone convinces them to. Uh, to keep going. I think Eddie refers to him, right? He refers to him right. as the, the bravest guy in the stage as always. Yep, and, uh, yep. <laughs> and uh, he says we should get back on the horse. So, he, you know, the crowd helping him to get back on the horse and with the crowd leading him. In, and he goes to sing it. He goes, I can't do it. I can't fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then the crowd has to lead him in with the L-O-I-T-E-R-I-N-G-A loud. So and they, even at that part, he didn't go into No, uh, he, he goes into the chorus. He goes into the chorus. He's like, he wants no part of it. And uh, it was, I, listen, you know what? This is my all-time favorite version of the song because it's the most, it's the one that stands out. It's completely different. And that being said, like you said, it was fairly innocuous. Crazy Mary, it is what it is. Ed singing, he sounds a good voice. It is what it is. Acoustic guitars. But I will say, I think what happened with that gave it like a little boost because Mikey and Boom have like a moment. They really, I it, know they've had a few of these, but would you agree that this one is really, really fucking hot? This one's good. This was the best I've ever heard. There you go. All right. I'm down this with that. Was, I, I'm inclined to agree with you, man. It was special. I think special. I, this could go down as one of my favorite performances ever from the band, even with everything that went on just the, the playfulness and Ed joking around that oh it was uh it was the ghost of Mary Mary's haunting us uh something like that yeah. uh that he says it's just it's it's really funny and then he kind of says too bad cuz boom was about to blow your mind yes um by the way we had mentioned on last week's show before we kind of you know just ogle over boom and Mike and they're just bromance here. Uh, we talked about last week's show that um, I had heard a show recently where Mike was noodling and, and talking about love. And this was it. <laughs> this was it. So I think it's cool. I, that, and we, uh, and I think that's probably the reason why they ended up, you know, noodling it in a, uh, uh, in a, in a what do you call them? The uh, I don't know. <laughs> what are you, I, I'm no, 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 I'm gonna finish I'm, that. I'm uh, figure out a sound check. A sound check. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Uh, that he was noodling in the sound check, and they were like, you know what? Maybe we should play it today. Like, because 
I feel like it's something that Mike would noodle a lot because he's a huge Van Halen fan and B, you know, it's a very simple, yes, uh, fun riff. Sure. So, I just uh, throw back to last week because it, it kind of ties ties that in. For, oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, you hear him when he once he gets his amp up, he does. He kind of rips through the he rips through it real quick. Almost like that's his. It's like what guitar players always have something they play. I always have something I sing. Yep. You always have something you play. It's like, does it work? And you play whatever it is. You have a go to, and that must be his. I think it's right. pretty cool. Yeah, uh, he has he has a couple different ones, but yeah, that is definitely one that he does. Uh, oh, man, going back into that though, uh, yeah, there is just something about this that you have to watch and you have to listen to, and and really, it's watching. Uh, that we obviously, you know, I'll, I'll share this throughout the social medias, uh, but you have to see Mike going up to Boom, and it's it's just sort of the chemistry that they have, where Mike is kind of doing his thing, and he kind of then just is gives this Boom this face like, all right, now it's your turn to give it a go, and Boom's like, all right, here's yep. what I got, man, yep. and then they it's back and forth, and it's just it's so much fun. To, to take in and watch visually and it and when you're listening to it and you get sucked into it it's just it's nothing more than a musical orgasm it is that fantastic. <laughs> I agree with you it is they go back and forth really nice the trade off so cool like it's 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 like anything you can do I can do better and like, that, you know exactly and dope. it just it's just really like you said playful uh like you know what, man? It's love, dude. It just comes across it like they're digging really it. There's so much feel in that, and, I, and I, for you to say it's your favorite performance of it, I cannot argue with you because if you love this band, and again, we're talking about capturing moments or remembering moments, that's a goddamn moment, man. And and it absolutely, and, is. and it really is a special one. So this, I'm t- how many times have we said that already today? You know what I mean? This is it's it's, it's a, this is a unique show. And this is just another example of how good it was. And then really, I think it comes back to the fan club, man, and the fans. They, they knew who was in that room, and they gave it everything. I'm telling you, I believe that. Yeah, no, look, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right on, on all those counts. And I, I think it would be a huge disservice to the uh, our, our audience that we're speaking to right now not to listen to this whole back and forth that they're that they're really doing. So why don't why don't we just give them all that up up until the end and and really really sink your teeth into this because this is this is just fantastic. And really, after after you're listening to this, go and watch it because it's just as good.
you have ears and you were listening to that, uh, you know how fantastic that was. Um, I, I, I've heard like about, I don't know, 40 different Crazy Marys at this point. Um, that's, that's my favorite because of that collaboration there. Uh, and a lot of them, they really, it, it's a song that you can go in all different directions in and, and has so many different styles that you can take it. And, uh, and this was, this was just, this was the one, this was the shoe that fit, fit the uh, best. I would agree with you between the paranormal and, uh, and Mike and, and, <laughs> exactly. and Mike and boom, uh, just, just having a day. I, I think this is number one for me myself as well. I would agree. With and you. I, I think some kind of, some, something happened with the spirit of Mary that where, while she busted the amp down, maybe she sort of tapped into to the band spirit and sort of uh, uh, gave them a little bit of a boost. I think there was a boost there. I think there so was a boost. If, yes. If you're if you're into that sort of thing. If you're into. <laughs> if, if you believe in it. Yeah. Sure. Go for it, man. Why not? So uh, this is uh, the part of the set to close uh, with a live here. And um, like I mentioned before, I mentioned Grand Rapids, and it sort of predates what they did where. It was all these type of songs. Uh, a few of these, uh, Around the Bend, Crazy Mary, and Hard to Imagine, were in that set in Grand Rapids. So they did a bunch of those. I think oh, Sleight yeah. of Hand. Sleight of Hand was one of them that they yeah, did. Yeah, that, there you go. Wow, okay. And uh, I, I believe it was the same. And that was a really, really, really good Crazy Mary too, with another really good collaboration. But this one I think I liked better because visually – I was able to see it. The Grand Rapids one, I, I only had the bootleg of, so it, it it does help. Well, nothing went on fire. Fuck that, man. <laughs> we burned things. <laughs> exactly. It's got to exactly. be a fucking amp went on fire. Shit, man. You got to burn. <laughs> you got to burn it down. Um, so uh, yeah, so it, it ends the same way. It ends with a live here, and uh, uh, it's it's a good version of a live arena rock songs fill arenas and this absolutely did the job but it's really more about how those the crowd is responding to this and yeah, yeah. ed at the end they just keep going there on and on and on and ed is doing that we're alive we're alive we're alive we're alive and it, it made for that really nice touch uh that doesn't necessarily happen often and he i, I feel like he was uh channeling his inner roger daltrey at the end there there was there you know what he did have a bit of roger in there and uh that is not something that he does frequently i i'll tell you right now i don't know if i've seen him do it like that since then i like it was in the moment it was real it was authentic and uh it was genuine he, he was having fun dude you, you again the video with this show too the video because of the things we're saying the jovialness the playfulness the band is in great spirits and it's evident and yep. and as much as you'll hear it when you listen to this show audio wise to see it and to see the you can see because the video work again a credit to these people pj video guy who took these footage you can some of the shots are really good where you can really see that, you know, them looking at each other and the playfulness back and forth. And this is, again, a live. We hear it all the time, but it's a rocking version and uh, arena rock. It's arena rock at its best, and Eddie's feeling it. And I think I, I think that's a nice touch. Like you said, the Roger Daltrey thing. I, I definitely dig it. He's on his hands and knees in front of the stage. Just, mm-hmm. he, actually, he actually gets himself out of time. He's, he can't even – his pace of it, he goes too fast. Like he, he actually loses the one. Uh, he's going so fast at it. He just loses control. That's reckless rock and roll, and it's fucking beautiful. It, it is rock and roll. Absolutely. I mean, uh, if 
Rock, rock and roll is my life. Uh, that's rock and roll and sports and that that sort of thing. That is, it is what makes up the encompassing uh, things that are so beautiful in life. And if there was a, a class that I would wish to teach in school one day, it would be the history of rock and roll, which is a thing because they taught I it. Actually, they taught it. They taught it at Hofstra, I think. Yeah, Hofstra started it, and then uh, I went to a school, you probably know it, uh, Five Towns College. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, people out there listening aren't going to know about it because it's a little Long Island, uh, you know, liberal arts college. Uh, But um, it's very music-based, and the year that I left uh, and I graduated in 2009, which was 10-year anniversary, what, like a week ago, that I graduated, motherfucker. Where did the time go? Congratulations! And and I moved to Connecticut. Uh, end of June that year, ten years ago. So I've been here for ten years. Happy anniversary! Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Uh, that's yeah. It, it it's just fun to look look back on, and and Pearl Jam has just been a huge part of of all of that journey. The uh, the all encompassing trip. The all encompassing trip, absolutely. So. Uh, what was I getting at with that? Uh, well, we were talking about the we were on a live. We were saying the end of it, just the unbridled rock and roll of it, the arena rockness. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so um, the year after I left, they uh, they added a class called the history of rock and roll. Yeah, oh, there you go. So I'm sorry, sorry that sorry you, your timing was so bad. If it's, a, if it's an online <laughs> course, I could take it as a you know extra credit or something like that. But yeah, college overrated. So, hundred percent agree. Uh, Encore 2, and uh, this is, so I think the good stuff from this show, uh, I think we really covered the good stuff, and now this is, this is just the stuff. I got, I Um, I agree, I got two nuggets in this, in this section here, and uh, I think like any good, any good ride comes to an end, you know, you're at your destination, you start reflecting, and I think that's where we're at with this show, you know, I do, I'm telling you, it's almost like they're just coming up over the hill, and I know they're gonna park the boat, you know, the the bus and uh this is it uh my two nuggets from this one are i think uh if i you don't mind if i jump ahead but in my tree yeah go for it in my in my tree and um and then the cover that they do that they're going to play the following week um you know they never played before so those those two songs to me were the highlights of this everything else it's cool there's nothing wrong you know it's good um but it's like you said, you know, everything else was just so stellar and so emotional, and and they're still having a great time. The video, you'll see it; it's evident. It's not like anything bad here, but um, it's like it's almost like they're wrapping it up in a in a, in a you know a 30, 30 minute encore. You know, I'll once we really dig deep into it, I'll I'll go into what I have issues with it, and and I think it goes a little bit deeper than just it, it's just kind of there. Um, I think it's more, and it's it's less about how the songs are played. Some of them, it's about how they were played, but. Um, it's more about uh, format and how everything moved. And while we talked in the first set, how everything was just paced so accordingly, yeah. and it was just, you know, bam, rapid fire, brain of Jay, spin a black circle, given a fly, uh, all those songs back to back to back. And it felt like everything was just streamlined. This was really a clunky, clunky finish. Um, I agree. It's weird. It's weird because this show is so fucking good. It is right. like there's like a handful of spaghetti you throw at the wall, and like wherever it fucking falls, it falls. Ex- yeah, <laughs> you you're know? kind of, you're kind of right. It's just it's you just, know. Hey, what do you think of this? <laughs> right. It, it, it's like okay, we really impressed you already, but now we want to see if we can impress ourselves. 
Maybe. I don't know. I also I think they were just having a good time. I, I which I yeah. and I can't fault them because this is it's it's they're finishing a fucking tour, man. You know, and they're having a it's they're away from the, this is it. It's a party, and I do think listen performance wise. <laughs> Like I said, man, there are effects to having a good time. I think you start to see some of those effects. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, you know, when when Boom after uh, after Crazy Mary and everybody's doing the Boom chance, you saw that Boom took a swig and he kind of like choked <laughs> the wine a little bit. Got a little overzealous there. Yeah, but, just a wee, uh, wee bit. The, every everybody everybody was having themselves a time. You're absolutely right. So uh, they start off encore here. Ed asks if they're still there. Talks about playing Chicago for hur- hurricane relief because the government doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, hey, hurricane relief nowadays is the same way too. Yep. Uh, but this and you voted for it. Uh, but this feels like the last night of the tour. They decided uh, to add the show along with the Atlantic City shows all on the strength of this one little girl from Hershey. I was dying to play here to see if she could show her mosquito bites once again. I was at that. I Dude, I was at that show. Kurt and I were at so that show. So you remember? So oh, oh, yeah. Vivid, vivid memory. Hershey Park. <laughs> um, Kurt and I, my now wife, and our friends Andrew and Diane drove there. And this was when Kurt and I, last exit didn't exist this time. Kurt and I were uh, still in the original band. And we actually, Kurt and I performed live on the radio that morning. We had to do some, uh, we did some for radio spot. And we got from the radio station through the guitar luggage in the car and we just drove to Hershey. And, um, and, and we were there for that. And dude, that mosquito bite comment, I'm telling you, that was like the fucking funniest shit. And, <laughs> and, and, and if you ever get a chance to listen, go back and listen to that, that's a really cool show. Help Help Us Play During That Show. Driven to Tears might be the debut of it. Love it. Um, they played Driven to Tears a lot, like early, early 90s. Yeah, it was it was good. It was, it was oh, was, okay. I wasn't privy yeah. to I, I had never heard it. It was the first time I ever heard it. Um, it was like this magnificent full moon. It was like a, it's a fucking Hershey, like, you know, football stadium. It's, it's, I've heard good things just about how that bootleg sounds. Oh, like it's sound awesome. quality. It's, it's, it, it's fantastic. It's, it's a really cool one. So, so yeah, I hate to get interject, but the Mosquito Bike Girl, yes, she was this young lass that um, kept taking her top off. And and, uh, <laughs> and and the thing about her, she was like, they have security, but it's more like a suggestion as opposed to, <laughs> you know, as like opposed to a rule. And I don't mean like in a dangerous kind of way. I mean like in like an organized rose kind of way. So it's like this general admission light where you can just push the seat out of the way and and go where you want so um we had worked our way up to the front and uh that's where mosquito bike girl was and uh and eddie eddie was he was you know he was doing a bit of drinking that night i think for sure and uh and he pointed her out <laughs> he actually if you listen to the rest of what he says it's fucked up he says to her he goes uh he goes you know what honey i'm into much more hardcore shit than that <laughs> you know, this is what he says. This is what he fucking says. Ready, ready for this? He goes. He goes. I actually like this shit on a little girl's heads, dude. That's what he's. You he goes to the bootleg. It's fucking clear as day. When I tell you, man, everyone's fucking laughing their ass off. I think if he said that today in 2019, oh, he yeah, yeah. dude, that that would be the end of him. Could you imagine? I, I I think can you imagine? And he's it's clearly said in jest. He's 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 of course. It was, it was sarcasm and every level of every level of Joe Cund you could have. And uh, but oh my god, man, she was there, and I think she made he made her famous. I can't believe he referenced it again. That's how fucked up it was. Like I thought that, like that was, <laughs> I I thought that that thing was like some inside joke between the people who were there and, and I guess the bootleg owners. But um, but when he met, referenced it that night, I was like, you got to be kidding me. So. Congratulations, Mosquito Bike Girl's famous. Good for her. Yay. <laughs> but it, 
we should get her on the show. If if we ever do Kershey, we should we should get Mosquito Bite Girl. Do you on think the show. Do if anybody you, knows who she is? Do you think she would fess up to it? Maybe she did. Maybe she did. She probably would. Anybody fess up? Um, I don't know. Like that, it feels like. Do you think that she's a hardcore fan, or do you feel like she was just somebody really drunk at the time that just made made a decision? I think she made a bad decision. And she I, made a bad. And I hope I hope she's better now. <laughs> let's go. Be, let's be, go with that. Mosquito girl, be a girl. Yeah, be a girl instead of be a girl. How about mosquito girl, be a, la- be, be a lady, be a lady, and guys, and guys, yeah. keep your shirts on too. Let's be honest. Yep, because uh, it it sounds here. Yeah, he like actually he, he actually calls out a guy with like uh, man boobs. He does. And, and he <laughs> says they're they're bigger than hers. <laughs> yes, that's right. So so men keep your tops on too. This is an equal society. Keep your tops. On. <laughs> if they can't do it, we can't do or, it. Or, or everybody take them off. Who gives a shit? Do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah everybody <laughs> naked. All right. Who fucking cares? Life's too short. Have fun. So he says, uh, "Let's turn to the back." Uh, he's, he talks. He talks about playing at a small club in Philly. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. Uh, Dobbs. I, I Dobbs. Is it Dobbs? I. That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a famous club. I think it's gone now. But uh, yeah, that was a. Fa- it might have just closed too. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's a famous club. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like all, off ramp is uh, is closing now too. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, that's that's really a shame. They they there's rumors that it's just being re- renovated but it kind of sounds like that that wouldn't actually happen that that's sort of far-fetched but you it know. just needs someone with money to buy it and landmark these things you know why don't why don't i don't want us why doesn't the band buy it why, why doesn't like Pearl jam and Soundgarden and and allison chains all like go in together on it you know you know why because have you ever been to rock clubs they're like these shitty awful places yeah because <laughs> you know I mean? if you no had yeah, you, yeah if they didn't save cbgb's dude this place is toast man <laughs> so just think yeah. about that you know if cbgb's well, had to go nothing is safe nothing's safe that's i I'm glad I got to CBG. I, I play. I got to play there, man. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that was with my first band. When I was 18 years old. I played there twice. It, uh, man, it smells like blood and whiskey there. Yeah, and a bit of pee, and a bit of pee, uh, a little bit of pee. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and a little bit of angst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can stuff. smell the 70s. Good stuff. That's for damn sure. Yeah, good stuff. But this next song doesn't smell like any of that. No, no. It, it. You know, he says. Uh, He's uh, going to turn to back. Uh, speaking of people playing at club shows, we mentioned the people in the back before. There are waves of them. It looks like they're on top of them the whole time. It's yeah. a really cool visual. Yep. Uh, and he says you can't feel bad for the people in the back because they have a perfect view of Matt Cameron. That's so, true. He says, pardon me for one moment. I'm about to go play a club show, and that uh, gives us last kiss. Um I'm not a Last Kiss fan. No, I don't know how you feel about it. Nor am I. Nor am I. Okay. Um, do you Do you guys play it all at all? We or? We have a policy that it will never be written into a set. Uh, okay. It's only played by request, and I will tell you that uh, we, this will be the third year we're playing Jones Beach. I think the last two times we've played it were the last two times we played Jones Beach, and um, and and it because makes it makes, it's, it's a it's a municipal show. Um, yeah. It's you know anybody who loves being on the boardwalk at a sunset, you know, and. Uh, right, and they always ask me, "Will you play that nice song about the car crash?" You know, and uh, uh, a nice song about the car crash. <laughs> sure, no problem. And uh, I mean, you do, you do it. So, and it, listen, people like it. it's just not my bag, you know. Right. No, I I totally agree. And you know what? It, it got it got popular, and and the best thing about it is uh, it was charity, uh, right? Wasn't it a charity it, record? It was for Kosovo. Yeah. Oh, so uh, that's so that's all good. 
And Stone, Stone says, uh, there was a really good quote from Stone saying, you can say whatever you want about the song, but it made $2, $2 million for charity. Oh, it's so fucking so A right. There you go. And uh, Ed actually says here that the song would have never been played on the radio. It was actually just a Christmas present. Uh, it was a Christmas single in 98, I believe it was. And it all started in Philadelphia. And that's actually true. Uh, when the Kosovo record came out, there was a DJ in Philadelphia who was a big Pearl Jam fan. I The name is escaping me now, but I know I've read it before. Somebody's going to, somebody has that, has this knowledge uh, out there. And uh, he started playing it and it blew up and people started requesting it more and more and more. And, and that's how it kind of came into this, uh, you know, national phenomenon. This song became popular, this kind of random cover uh, from this 50s song that had i think there were a lot of different iterations of it uh there was the wayne cochran version that's like very much rockabilly and yep. then there's another version uh is that frank wilson more, frank wilson maybe is that him yeah that's it's it's kind of sounds like more like frankie valley like four seasons ty- uh style where it's kind of like uh harmonized a little bit more sure sure uh that's the best way i can explain it but um that was like early 60s and then after that it just sort of went away and i think the way that ed found it on like a 45 and i think on one side was last kiss and the other side was soldier of love that's what i was just gonna ask you i'm I'm not gonna lie to you i don't know any of the history of how they played those two songs but they they seem to show up simultaneously um, yeah in their sets like i i saw them both like Fuck, it might have even been at the garden, like maybe back to back nights. I know they played Soldier of Love. Um, they closed with Soldier of Love, yes, the first ever garden right, show. Right, I remember that. I remember and they teased, right. and they teased Ledbetter, and the crowd got furious. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And I was like, what the hell is this fucking song? Um, and Last Kiss kind of fit that motif. But listen, huge song, made a ton of money for charity. So, like Stone said, that's that's a, you know, really a positive. And it, dude, it was huge. If you're in New York, you know, Z100 is like the um, uber poppy, like, you know, today, just awful crap, you know, pop music it's station. Nicki Minaj, yeah, you know, Cardi yeah, B, yeah, whatever just, it is. Just, just smells like talent, and uh, it's just horrible. And um, But that song was so big, it, they were playing it on, like, Z100. Like, it, it, uh, it, was, it was huge. It was on, like, every, you know, every radio station. That's how popular it was. People wanted to hear that Pearl Jam song. And it's, you know, and <laughs> it's not even theirs. And it was, and they didn't, it was a live cut, and right? And it was for charity. So, good for them. Heard- Do you know how many how many first dates I went on and told girls that I'm you know a massive Pearl Jam fan and the only song that they knew was Last Kiss? Yeah, um, I know it because I get asked for it. It shows all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's who asked me for it. So it is what it is. It has a demographic. Let's put it that way. It has. A, it sure does. It has a demographic. It was. It's funny, and and now that I think about it, uh, we were. It was. This was about a year ago, and we were at uh, at a bar with a friend of my fiance's, and um, I went to the jukebox. And I played like Corduroy and I played a couple other songs off Vitalogy. And when Corduroy was on, she looks at me and she goes, This is alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, 
some people just miss them, man. It is what it is. I, right. I, I, I work with some guys. I'm a you know I'm an electrician by trade, and uh, I work. I'm forty. I'll be forty three this Sunday, actually. And uh, hey, happy birthday! Yeah, thank All you, right, sir. thank you very much. And uh, I was working a kid today, as a matter of fact. And uh, he's like, I hear you're in a band. I'm like, yeah. He goes, What do you know? And I tell him. And he asked me the band, and I say, I say, Do you know Pearl Jam? And I ask that question, always expect the answer to be yes. And uh, he's twenty six years old, and he looks at me and he goes, No. I, see, oh. I, I go, you don't know Pearl Jam. He goes, no, I go. And I'm like, I say, I start naming the songs. And he's like, no, 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 no. I was like, he's only six years younger than me. Dude, I'm telling you, some parents, they did it wrong, dude. They did it wrong. <sighs> and this kid, his parents did it wrong. No offense, pal. But they fucked I up. I feel like, I feel like, look, my generation that I'm in, I, I, I don't think that they have the best grasp of, of music. I, I, my musical taste is more like a Generation X music taste well that that's I'm, mine i'm i'm listen i graduated in 1994 as my senior year in high school and that's you know and that was and this is the era of that like our led zeppelin we were fortunate to have that time in our lives coincide with this this genre of music not just pearl jam soundgarden allison chains nirvana you know and instinctable piles and then live i mean candlebox there was there was just such an influx of music that kind of spoke to all of us and that's it's really a special, and Pearl Jam obviously just being the biggest fucking band in the world when this all went happened. I mean, they just became they were you know they were our Beatles, they were our Zeppelin, and and if you have that musical taste, we're just fortunate. Like we talked about a while back about how we can't even name a band to make a joking tribute of in, in the last night in the last we nineteen really years. Can't. So with the band we're talking about, we're privileged. This is there's a few bands in a lifetime that can do what we're doing. The Grateful Dead's one of them because they have a catalog. They're a live band and their shows are all different. You know, like I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. I adore Tom Petty. I miss him. I never met him. I fucking miss him. But like I saw <laughs> I, I, I followed him on tour like he played I want to say he played Jones Beach one night and it was so good I was like, I have to see him tomorrow. And I just drove to Saratoga to see him. And that was so good, I like, went to PNC. And if I tell you, it was literally the same show, except that he swapped out one song. One, each night, he swapped out one song in the same place. And like he would put it, you know, a Traveling Wilbury song or a Bob Dylan song. And, and that was it. It was literally the same show. And I think a lot of artists do that. So we're really kind of jaded. Like the fact that you can even discuss this and say, hey, what do you think they were doing here? What are they doing here with this? Or what was the thought? Like... People don't get this. You know what I mean? This this is it's the Grateful Dead, you know, fish, jam bands, they have that thing, you know, that was all initiated by the dead. But Pearl Jam is the only rock band that I know. I, th- I think Radiohead. I'm not really into Radiohead. Um, Dave Matthews does. Yeah, yeah, that's but true. But Dave Matthews doesn't do, do it to the extent. I've looked at Dave Matthews set before, and they really top off at about twenty two to twenty three songs. Okay. So they don't have like this extensive first and second and sometimes even third encore that Pearl Jam does. Uh but Bruce, I would well, say. Well, but he's another close. animal. Bruce is another animal. He, I, I put him in. He's in. He's on his own league. You know, four-hour shows. I mean, Bruce can do whatever the fuck he wants, and he can. But like Billy Joel, listen, Billy plays every month at Garden. He's yeah. He's rip- but he does a different set every time. But he's also at the point where I saw him last year at around this time, and he kind of says fuck it at some points, and he, uh, like he'll purposely what he does is he he does like okay, I'm picking an album. Uh, 52nd Street, either this song or this song. Yeah. And the first song, he's just kind of like, well, you don't really want that one, but uh, you kind of want that one because that's the one that we really want to play. And, like, it's sort of 
it, it's just kind of a sort sort of weird pandering that it's just like okay, well, we're giving you a choice, but really, we're making the choice for you. And that's the well, and then we our band that we're discussing here, it's just you're like you're excited. What's it gonna be? What you, you really don't know. Yeah. You have a few. You know, you're gonna hear a couple. You're pretty certain. You're, you're the odds of you hearing. Three or four are pretty good. You're going to hear them that night. You're going to be happy to hear them. You know when you're going to hear them for the most part. Everything else is up in the air. And, and that's really cool. And that's, and that's like that, you know, it's so like, what, you know, we're talking about it. Like, you know what, you know, what do you think about, you know, this year or this year? But the truth of the matter is, like this year, they, they kicked ass all night. Now, like you said, they threw it against the wall. And here it is. And just sort it out. And, and I think that's where they're going with this encore in this particular show. It's just the downside of of this epic show and then they're, they're just going with it that's it uh all right let's back on track so back on track yeah we, back on track are we at my little sister now is that where we're at in my tree in my tree okay cool so eddie's got the guitar in his hand here and uh they are about to go into in my tree and uh this is the special version of in my tree that we've heard before uh the msg version the live at the garden one that's the one that everybody sort of attributes to uh but they've done this a couple of times um we're gonna hear it here uh i wouldn't say that this was on uh, matt i know texting me saying that he didn't like this version and he's very specific about it that if it has to be played it has to be played exactly like that live at the garden version was played uh so he wasn't a huge fan of it but i you know i didn't think this was as good as the garden but i still think that this was uh a pretty awesome version especially you're hearing in my tree in a second encore that's pretty dope so let's uh listen to that here Hearing uh, this version, what would what, you think at, at this point in the set? It's just kind of like you were saying before. They're they're just kind of uh, they're they're playing around. They're they're throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yeah, I, but I again to hear the song. I think with this one, I would just to say I love the placement. I love the surprise. You never expect it. Um, Performance wise, it, it, listen, it's great. I don't. I wouldn't say it's as good as MSG. Um, I that that I kind of I do tend to agree with Matt. Uh, that's some performance of that song. I really I really dig that particular version. This one's good, yeah. but it's just maybe not quite up to that. But um, the placement is spot is spot on. It was a great surprise of a night full of surprises. So it was just like another one that just like wow, you know, get yeah. out of here because that could have been anything there. I mean, I, I, that could have been state, could have been breath, anything there. You know, he's ripping the roof off the building. So to go with that. 
is kind of a cool choice, um, and uh, I was happy with it, and I loved it. I love the song, but it's not it's not my favorite performance, but it's it's definitely cool. Yeah, the live the garden one. That's that's the one. That's definitely the one that stands out. But um, you know, you just sometimes you just can't recapture that magic uh, that that you once had. But it, it's not like the version was bad. Um, it just doesn't have that epic feel to it. It felt like that version of the garden was, was something that came from the heavens well, that I, came and dropped down. It, it felt otherworldly. Well, this, so. this show had their crazy Mary. That show had that. Like, that's the moment. That's, that's the moment. 100% you know? right. So, oh, that, that's, that show had a ton of shit. Oh so. yeah. I know you're right. I mean, and this show had a lot of stuff too. It, so. it did. As it did. Yes. Uh, Ed is after this, he's messing with the crowd a little bit and says the next one, uh, is called drop the leash. And I heard at some point I, it might've been, uh, before they went and played last kiss. It might've been other places, but we heard people say drop the leash. There was drop the leash chance throughout the night. As a matter of fact, you'll definitely hear him. Um, when they think they're going to bail on Crazy Mary, when when the amp goes, that was it. Yeah, you're going to. You're right. You'll definitely hear some drop to least chance at that point. Um, they were they were throughout the night, and uh, yeah, I thought we were getting it, man. <laughs> I thought we were getting it. <laughs> it was you had to wait another year. Yeah, but um, no, the no no they 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 were pussies and didn't play leash. Uh, whatever. Yep. Play leash, you pussies. Whatever yep. that shit, you know. Uh, be polite about it and you'll get Satan's bed. Uh, so this whole part, I feel like him saying the next one called drop the leash is where they sort of jinx themselves. And, uh, it kind of affected the rest of the night because evolution was a pretty sloppy version. It's a slop fest. Yeah, it is. It is. (laughs) Ed misses a lot of lyrics early and then. I mean, he misses the "I'm a thief, I'm a liar" part. That's a pretty critical miss in my book. I would agree. It's a hit, uh, <laughs> dude. It, it is what it is at this point. I mean, it's uh, it's it's rock and roll. They're and they're, they're it's the culmination of a fucking tour, and and it's right. it's just it. This is where they're at. They're in the they're in the ninth inning, man. You know what I mean? And it's just the World Series is right around the corner. You know, and they're, they're like winning by eleven. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. like, so, and, so and, they know and it's and gonna maybe they give up a solo home run yeah. or something like Big that. Big fucking yeah. deal. We fuck it up. You know, so, they're, 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 so it's it's and it's all, it's it's fun. It's also evolution. If anybody's in the crowd that's been there before, they've heard evolution. So yes, uh, it's, it's not. It's safe. A big deal. It's safe. It's energetic. The crowd eats it up with a spoon, and it doesn't matter. And uh, in that moment. And he does. He fucks it up. They fuck it up. It's a sloppy. It's a sloppy version. But it's cool. It definitely is. But it's fun. Um, and this. Okay. So then they stop afterwards, as if it were mid set, trying to figure stuff out. It, there's there's really this downtime here, and this is this is where I really don't like this whole ending of the set. It just the way, and it's not the way the songs. It's it's the way the structure. There's no, they there is went, no structure. It's disjointed. They're right. It should have went one song to the next song to the next song, and everything should have flowed instead of like, okay, well, what are we doing now? Okay, well, what are we doing now? You had all encore break to figure that shit out, um, especially like pausing in between shit like leaving here and, and, and rocking in the free world. All that stuff should have been just... It should have hit. There, there's it, no it, flow from this point on. It, 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 no, no, I don't zero. And it's it's and it got. I'm, I'll tell you the truth. It gets. It got. A, at this point, gets a little ponderous. You're kind of like, all right, dude. You know, like it just 
it does lose its flow. It's good. So it's still fun, dude. No, you know, listen, yell a better. Everyone's singing along. It, it is what it is, but it did lose it. Excuse me. It lost its momentum and it definitely lost its flow. And it seemed just like a, it seemed like they were figuring it out as they went. Honestly, wing it. hundred percent. I think that the, the first set and the first encore are almost completely separate from this whole part of the set. And, uh, and really here, Sonic Reducer, I had somebody somebody emailed in and they said that they thought Sonic Reducer was a highlight of the night. Uh, oh, no, I, I completely disagree. I think that they kind of it had been 47 shows since they had played it. And he even said before that, uh, here's another song that we haven't done in a while. Um, it absolutely showed this just version was not tight. Uh, even Again. for a rare status it just it was just poor yeah you know? it's, and it's not good it doesn't have the passion on it it's it's again no thing is i love sonic producer and i hadn't heard it me I too was fucking stoked i'm like yeah but yeah you now looking back uh yeah they they hadn't played it and it showed you know and that's why i gotta play that's why i gotta play songs and uh yep. you know it, it does it's it, it sucks because it's such a stellar show and it, like for it kind of ends on a not on the high that it was for the whole time. You know, this show starts out right. and is on a high till 75%, 80% of the way, if you want to say that. 90, if you will. You know what I mean? And it's just last, this last six section, it just gets a little weird and um, disjointed. And uh, that's what I'm that's Yeah, not my favorite. Not my favorite stuff. This is the drunk uncle at a wedding. The first set. <laughs> and it's the drunk uncle at a wedding that's like, I'm going to go sing with the band. And uh, there's actually a really good story that, that relates to wrestling. Um uh, that uh, at Triple H and Stephanie McMahon's wedding, uh, Michael Hayes, uh, former fr- uh, fabulous Freebird, went on stage. He was pissed drunk out of his mind. He went on stage and sang Jailhouse Rock, and the place went ballistic. They went bananas. Everybody had so much fun, and it was like it was highlight of the night. If that's the pretty, next thing didn't cool. happen. That's funny. Let's go. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so like 20 minutes later, he goes back up and he's like, again, like wasted drunk. And he's just like trying to talk and he's wasting time. And he's like falling over his words, slurring his words. And uh, at, at one point, somebody takes the mic uh, from him. And then they're just like, thank you, Michael. You're done. You could have a nice time. And yeah. yeah and that that's where they are at this point. Somebody needs to. They've had a little too much to drink. Somebody needs to take the mic from them, but you know. Yeah, they're, they're Pearl Jam and Philly, and they're probably paying for the overtime. So it is what it is, you know. And uh, yeah, that's it. So, but this, this next this next guy is cool. I, mean, I was into the this. next. Agreed, agreed, and I think we do have to play it because we covered it a couple weeks ago. Uh, but um, only outside of uh, that that show from Vegas and this show, uh, it's only been played one other time, and that was with Robert Plant in Chicago for that uh, hurricane benefit that we mentioned before. So uh, Ed asked security to let people dance to their heart's desire, yeah. and that's where we get a little lover, <laughs> sister. Uh, so let's listen on. Oh, baby, little sister, don't you do what your big sister 
So this was the the live debut of Little Sister here. Uh, I I really wonder what people in the crowd were thinking because because it was the live debut. They you know are they unfamiliar with it or are they just like enjoying it just to enjoy it? I, I feel like they would be confused. Little, a little, bit. little bit. I think on all fronts, you're you're not wrong. I, I was personally into it. I'm you know a rock and roll guy and I'm an Elvis guy, obviously. And um, I was I, and I, that happens to be on all sincerity. I know my wife loves it too. It's like one of our favorite Elvis songs, and uh, I've sung that song actually a couple times with with a couple bands. And so when they played it, I was like, "Get out! Get the fuck out of here!" Like, I, you know, where did this come from? And uh, I was so I, I was jazzed to, to be hearing it. I was you know out of left field. That being said, given what was going on, I was like, "Well, this I guess this makes sense." It's kind of this unorganized chaos going up there. So this makes as much sense as anything else that I'm going to hear right now. And they and they played it, and it was good. You know, Eddie Eddie kind of I think embellishes a little the "Kiss Me Once or Twice." You know, he does his, right. he does his best little Elvis, and uh, it's cool. Again, it ain't tight. You know, uh, the Chicago version is much better with Robbie, but uh, the, the Vegas version is very good too. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. It's it's not tight, but again, it is. I, I hate to repeat myself. I think this is the culmination of a tour. You know? Yeah, it's just kind of everything winding up, wrapping up, coming up to an end. the 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 one thing that lacked from this version that Vegas had was Cameron's backup vocals were just fantastic in Vegas version. That's and a good point. They were, they were not here. He, no, he wasn't singing backup here. But that's also Cameron really became a backup vocalist after Avocado. So that's true too. Look at you, that's a dude. Look, check out the big brain on bread. <laughs> I love this guy. Well, I kind of, I kind of do some research for a living for a podcast. You do. Got to kind of know some you, stuff. You know some stuff, man. Damn. Goddamn. I know good. some stuff, and I know some things. There you go. So. Uh, there was also that abrupt ending was uh, really strange. Yeah, it just wasn't a clean way to end. I'll it. tell you, as that's that's as a musician, I'll tell you that's strictly just not practicing. You know what I mean? Like you work on everything. And Pearl Gent, listen, they're notorious for this. Go back to old shows too. They don't end their they don't end their songs because they made these great records and things fade out. Listen to early Pearl Jam versions of songs you know and love. The, their endings are kind of calamity. It's like they kind of they don't always hit on, they don't hit together. They let things ring out. They do the old rock and roll thing where a drummer just kind of wrecks the cymbals go and you know that's just the thing they've done I think over the years. So yeah, this what this is just a sloppy. We really don't know what we're gonna do. So it done end it. You know, very abrupt and uh, yeah, it, it goes. It's it's very abrupt. You know. <laughs> uh, all right, Slater Kenny's back, everybody. So hey. you know. Uh, yeah, that, that that's about how they sound. Yeah, yeah. I like so, I like Slater Kenny too. I do. I like Slater Kenny a lot. I just like them as Slater Kenny and not as Pearl Jam's backing band. Yeah. So leaving here, the less said the better. Everybody knows how I feel. We've talked about it before. And Matt, uh, and, back, and Matt is in agreement with you too on this one, right? Like you, hundred percent. You guys are okay. All right. Yeah, he might hate it worse. I think. Well, I think. Not, I think he does. This from one. what I've he, heard. He hates Rockin' in the Free World. He hates Fortunate Son too. He really hates. Oh yeah, Fortune, uh, you so. know what's funny? I'm not into Fortunate Son either. Not, but I, I don't, I don't care for their version of it. I don't. I, I like their version. I just don't with Slater Kenny. I wasn't. Oh, into that's it. what I was saying. I'm sorry, but yeah, I meant with that particular backup group. Yeah. Uh, uh, for those that don't know my opinion on leaving here, it's just the take a train, fry my like. It just sounds like '50s bubblegum beach beach. Yeah, I, I wish they would have played anything else. I, I, I wish they would have played anything else. Honestly, just, yeah, yeah, 
It's not my favorite. Not my favorite. And and while rocking in the free world is fine, uh, I think the performance of it's fine. And and you know what? Honestly, it's good. It's good. It, it, it they're having fun. The only thing I can think of when Corn Tucker is singing is that she just sounds like a female meatloaf. Oh, there's an image, man. You just put that in my head. <laughs> Oh, shit. Like can you, can you just oh thank you for that hear her singing like oh, bat out of hell no, like, I see scoffs and like sweat and Chris Foley <laughs> so I don't know if there's like a whole thing going on in my head right now that's thank you for that one dude ah <laughs> uh, the images oh man yeah yeah hey, listen it's rock and free world it is what it's exactly what it is you know what I mean it's it's yeah. epic anthem rock here we go and there you go so. Um, it's Mike. Listen, Mikey shreds it. They do what they do. Eddie sings, crowd, you know. Gary, where's the lights? You know. Yeah, right. It's, the, it's, time, it's that time. You know. It's the time. Slater Kenny leaves the stage, and we get into Ledbetter. Ed uh, changed the words in the middle somewhere. Says, "I'd like to thank all you motherfuckers, all you motherfuckers," and that was kind of funny. But besides that, like. Jeff and Boom are having a nice little moment uh, together. They're playing together. And that that's sort of, you don't see that a lot. Like, Jeff will move around a real lot. But, you know, just to stay with Boom for a minute or two was 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 kind of cool. That is sweet. That is sweet. That's cool. You're right. Some, sometimes you feel like Boom is just kind of, you know, they're not paying attention to him until they hit a Crazy Mary or a Love Rain or Me or something like that. Yeah, he's the punter of the fucking, he's the punter of the uh, band. No one cares until right. he's got to put one deep, you know? <laughs> it's the, right. Sticking inside but, the five, man. <laughs> I, I, I love me some Boom. I will always be a Boom apologist and, and I will always have his back. Uh, so I agree. Was, I agree. It was just, it was nice to see that. And you know what? Uh, uh, it's a good version of the song and it's just overshadowed by some major major flaws of this this last encore here uh, yeah it's a shame because i hope it i mean it's going to come across like we're, i the it sounds like we're shitting on a show and and the truth of the matter is no it's really, it's no really no the last 20 minutes because the rest of the show i'm telling you this is like my all-time favorite i swear to god it's really up there we did nothing but praise the early part of it uh and i, I stand by all of that and oh agreed, agreed. you know and it, it was just it's really some of it was how the songs were performed with evolution and sonic reducer i wasn't really into it, and obviously leaving here uh but it was really the clunkiness stopping starting up stopping starting up again and i know we didn't really we kind of ran through leaving here rocking and free world led better but they stopped and started between i think they talked about the phillies for a second he mentioned jimmy rollins at some point (laughs) so uh all right let's rate the show um what do you think you go first oh boy um wow uh what is your what is your ten gold standard? If I if I may ask, can I ask you what is your ten gold standard? Well, um, I've only given one show a ten, and I've only given few in the nine. What what and is what is your ten? What is your one ten? My ten was live at the garden. Okay, and I would and, and I would agree with you. That was that's that was probably the only ten that I'd give a show that I wasn't that I didn't attend. And there's only one show that I'd ever give a ten that I did attend. Um, and that's a show that's actually the anniversary of today uh, that we mentioned before. Um, so that's so then I I, it, I, I, I pretty see, high standard. I see your gauge. That is a very a very high standard. Um, I will tell you, 
on on the overall, I'm, I'm going to give this one a solid eight, man, a solid eight. And uh, for my own okay. pers- personal personal feeling, and my personal experiences of all the shows I've been to, as far as the experience and the whole thing, um, it, it, it it could rank higher just because of my own experience with that particular day but in this capacity of listening back to it kind of analyzing it i think it's um you know definitely an eight high seven eight right there right there because i love all the song choices it's definitely geared towards the fans i just wish they finished stronger that's it my only only knock on it that's it matt uh matt's in the same boat matt i think uh i texted him with him yesterday and he was saying the same thing that 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 we were saying about the second encore that it just it there was no flow to it. It felt like they were just kind of throwing stuff at the wall. And uh, Matt's Matt's rating on it was a seven point five. And Matt, we we had full intentions of of uh, Matt coming on the show this week and doing this and just you know. Unfortunately, uh, you know you got to go fix pools or whatever shit that he had to go do. Dude, so. dude, life, life, everyday life gets in the way of living, man. It sure does, and that's the way it, it is. Sure you does. Know? But thankfully, you you came in, you came off the bench, and you fucking knocked it out of the park. I hope so. Run with this today. I hope so. Yeah, you good, good little relief pitcher to have in our back pocket for for the future. Thank there. you, man. I appreciate that. I really do so, appreciate. It. And I honestly, I do, yeah. I, I do appreciate you and Matt and everything you guys do. And uh, and uh, thank you for the time. And this was this was really a pleasure. Like I said, it was an opportunity to go back and revisit a memory that, uh, you know, I really did cherish. And you forget how much you did cherish it because, like I just said, everyday life gets in the way of living. And, you know, and you remember how, how good this was. And it's nice. And I'm glad you guys do this. And uh, thank you so much for having me. It's a true pleasure. And let me talk about the band and everything. And um, I hope I really do appreciate it. And if you ever want to do it again, I'm, I'd love to. We are absolutely, absolutely going to do this again. Um, thank you for coming on the show. By the way, my rating is, uh, uh, I think I'm going to give it an eight because I really, really did love the first set and the the encore and Crazy Mary. Like Crazy Mary alone bumps it up at least half a rating for me. If if you know if if the encore bumps it down a point or so. Uh, the second encore, then Crazy Mary brings it back a half. Uh, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an eight because really it was it was almost flawless before before that second encore. But um, Pete, I really uh, thank you for all your support. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we do this because we do this to preserve memories and to try to bring memories back for people. And you hit the nail on the head right there. You, you just sometimes life gets in the way and you just sort of forget these things. And we uh, we want to bring it back for people and, and bring a smile to their face. That's 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 why we do this shit. And that's why we love it. And that's why we love the band, because it's it's all it's all nostalgia. And it is, man. Uh, nostalgia, nostalgia makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? And keep giving them warm and fuzzies, babies. It's good. That's right. So, again, let's plug it one more time. Uh, last exit. If you're listening to this on Friday and you're not doing anything and you happen to be in the Long Island area, you gotta go see Last Exit. They're playing in Amityville at the warehouse. They're gonna go on around uh, 10.30 or so, but if you're into Bruce and you want to see a band called Badlands, you get there around, what, 7.30 or so, 8 o'clock? That'd be perfect, yep. Perfect. So, Badlands and Last Exit... Come by. I'm going to be there. Matt's not going to be there. I hope Chris Buckley's going to come. I talked to him. Uh, my man Buckley. Yeah, dude. We'll have, yeah. We'll have some drinks. We'll have some beers. Yeah. You know what? I told him. I, I don't really drink uh, much anymore. So I, I I told him I'd give him a drive. So, uh, oh, look at you. I'd be his, his DD. I'll, yeah. I'll, drink, I'll drink for both of you. 
There you go. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I might. I might have a water myself. <laughs> a water. A water and tonic, please. There you go. There you go. Oh, and, and, and there's my Microsoft account. uh so again thanks uh thanks for all you do with uh with last exit and you're you're also same with us you're preserving memories you're uh means a lot thank you man honestly it's very nice it's uh it's cool i'm excited i'm excited for some of the stuff that we're going to be doing uh really keep your eyes on our social media this weekend because we are going to be doing some pretty cool stuff. We're going to go kind of inside the set list with Last Exit. Me and you will uh, kind of break down how you decided to put together your set list. I think that's going to be kind of cool. And if you're uh, if you're not on Long Island and you happen to be up at 10.30 to about, you know, 1 o'clock or 1.30 or so, and uh, you want to see a live stream, I'm going to be live streaming most most of the show. Uh, oh, that's great, man! Thank you. That's- yeah, I'm gonna be live streaming it to our page. I'll try. I'll take. I don't know. I'm not very good at live streaming, so I'll try to tag you guys in it too. If you can live stream it to your page too, um, then that would. Oh yeah, we got. Uh, we can figure that out. Maybe we'll figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what we can do with it. So um, we'll definitely have that up. If not the whole show, then definitely bits and pieces of it. As my, uh, you know, however long my phone can last for. So. Uh, just get to to watch an awesome Pearl Jam cover band and uh, and pay tribute to the band that we love more than any other band on the planet. So again, Pete, thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll have you back at some point soon, and we'll definitely be seeing you uh, on our pages this weekend. Talking to you then. Thanks a lot, guys, for having me. Much appreciated. Thanks so much. You too, man. Take care. Later. So uh, got some stories from this show. I know we talked a lot about uh. Pete's stories and and uh, how how cool some of his stories and and being there uh, was, but uh, got got some more from the the porch board here. Uh, hi, exclamation point <laughs> onto the porch forum said this was this was a really good classic show, great set list, crowd interaction. I think Ed played drums on Danzig cover with Slater Kinney. They were great, and I also remember the crowd being into Last Kiss, which Ed sang to the fans behind the stage. All which were true. I just didn't know about ed playing drums on the danza cover what i didn't say and failed to mention was the slater kinney drummer playing side by side with matt cameron i totally forgot about that and thank you for reminding me uh that was something that we just kind of glossed over because and that was on rocking in the free world that we just kind of glossed over because we were really at the end trying to trying to get through the set um but thank you for reminding me hi exclamation point and hi Exclamation point. Uh, this is from Copper Tom. I remember they sent out some sort of communication that they would be taking the stage earlier than the rest of the tour. My friends thought it was BS and they missed the first seven songs. Hard to imagine the Crown of Thorns was mind-blowing and mind-boggling. Both were ultra-rare. And if it wasn't for the feedback during Crazy Mary, I think this show would be in discussion for their greatest ever. It was still excellent. Copper Tom, that feedback during Crazy Mary, keep it as it is. That's that's the way you want that baby. Uh, Bootlegger Ten said the show was one of the greatest shows they ever had done to that point. The fan club heavy crowd, the rarities in the set list, awesome version of a live, etc., made for a magic evening. It gets overshadowed, I think, as the band plays longer shows consistently, and now 
plays the rarities more often. So when you look at set list, it doesn't look as badass on paper that it was at that time. Uh, Dr. Delight says that the set list was nasty and it was always good to hear the man trilogy in a row. Uh, and then PJ Hawks uh, came in. PJ Hawks, uh, I've seen him comment on a couple things before. He said, thought the main set was great, but the encores were a bit too slow. Thought around the bend, Harvest Moon, I'm hard to imagine Crown of Thorns, then fucked up Crazy Mary, kind of killed the vibe of the room. But then the second encore with Last Kiss and In My Tree to start, it was a little too much laid back in the middle there. To me, this was a good show, but I think overall it's highly overrated and it's not one of my faves from the Philly area. So, yeah, I uh, I actually got back to him and I kind of teased what we talked about uh, during that second encore that it was the second encore really had no flow to it and that's probably mainly why he thinks that way i know that uh yeah it was it was a mellow laid back set that maybe in 2005 they weren't doing at the time so if that wasn't your style maybe you wanted some more upbeat tunes in there but uh you know what we're very used to that style now and to kind of see that this is the style that we know today derived from shows like this is is kind of cool to see uh in in the outside of things so uh thank you for everybody for uh chiming in all your stories and uh why don't we get to this little public service announcement and then we'll close it out Live on Four Legs is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam Live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to the entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. If there's a live show that you've attended that you'd like to see us cover in our program, please send us an email at liveonfourlegs, that's the number four, liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you once miss a flight? Get lucky in the 10 Club Lottery? Catch a white whale? Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast it could possibly be. You're already getting to know who we are. Now it's time for us to know who you are. So to repeat myself a little bit, uh, allow myself to introduce myself. Uh, I, uh, we are definitely looking for episodes to do, always looking for ideas and stories, and it's you guys that really drive this show, uh, and it's your memories that we're trying to preserve here and we're trying to uh bring back so uh if you have some great memories from some great pearl jam shows we want to hear about them just talking to us about the band shoot us an email live on four legs podcast gmail.com if you're interested in you know just saying hi just saying what's up uh like the show or if you have some ideas or have some questions for us feel free to shoot us a line very easy to get in touch with uh, love to talk about the band and all things music every day. So uh, definitely uh, hit us up on Gmail if you have anything uh, you want to say to us. Um, for next week, we are back on the wagon with MSG. Uh, we are in our fifth installment. Yes, fifth installment since we're in May still uh, of our MSG series, which means we're right in the it's hump day with that. It's it's uh, right in the middle. There have been 10 MSG shows, and uh, that 
show is night one uh 2008 that we'll be doing and that is the last msg show that i have not attended um matt was in attendance in that and hopefully he'll be in attendance next week so we can do a show with him and he'll be back and not working on pools and uh we'll have a show together for that um for anybody that wants to uh, 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 donate to our Patreon account, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash live on four legs. Uh, please feel free uh, to head on over there. We have exclusive content. We have two episodes there that have been there for months, and um, we want to put one more there. We have it recorded, goddammit. Uh, Easy Street Records episode that we were aiming to give to you guys on Record Store Day. Uh it didn't happen that way. Uh, we're now well over a month later, and it's still, it's still in the can. It's still in the vault. We were actually thinking about uh, what were, the, what would be the possibility to release that episode when we had our off week uh, two weeks ago, and uh, it, it was just too much for Matt. So um, it, it, it will be there. So. We try to give back to all of our Patreon donors. We try to do things, uh, you know, very band friendly. So. Uh, if you want to come on the show and you have an episode, uh, a show, your favorite show that you want to talk about, that's the best way to do it is to get in touch with us through Patreon. Uh, help us out uh, and we will definitely uh, have you on for a show. And very soon we're going to be having another Patreon guest on for a show, I think in like two to three weeks or so. Uh, and that Patreon guest is Eddie Quintana. Uh, he will be doing... Tampa from 2016. Eddie is a young fan. He's a youngin, uh, and this is his only show, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll be doing that show with him, I believe, in two weeks' time. Uh, so you know, that's that's uh, that's what you get from Patreon. Uh, joining the show is is an awesome experience uh, for us, uh, just to talk to other Pearl Jam fans. So if that's something. If you need more of that in your life and would like to do that, that's uh, that is something that is well in your hands and available. And with that, I will say goodbye to you all today and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, keep keep your eye on our social media pages, uh, at least our Facebook page. Uh, this weekend and Friday, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, we are going to be posting a lot of cool stuff from that last exit show. Uh, if you can make it to that show, again, Amityville in the warehouse in Amityville, uh, 10.30 they go on. If you want to check out uh, Badlands, the Bruce Springsteen cover band, they'll go on at about 7.30 or so. So we'll have some really cool stuff with Last Exit. I'll uh, do some live streams of their set. Um, they might even have a little nod in their set uh, to something kind of cool that we might have talked about today. So who knows? Uh, who knows what they have in store? Maybe some surprises. Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll do a little breakdown of the set. Maybe we'll post that on Saturday or someday. So uh, with that being said, we're off. Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, it's the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. I miss you always. For Randy, for Pete, and for Matt, who could not be here today, we bid you all a good day. Bye.